Jinjuku! Oh, damn it. Final <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to episode 44 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number 5, and my fellow hosts once tried out for Kamigawa Ninja Warrior, Big Tuck. What's I, uh, going that's on? That's why I got my debilitating ACL injury, so I, that, that's why I'm so sedentary <laughs> now. Uh, I do, so this is a pretty light bit episode so far, but I do got one to start out with. So I'm going, hey, Thoughts and Thopters? Eh. Not, you don't like it? It's topical eh. with, the, with the TikToks it, right. and the vineyards of the world. It's a nightmare out there, but how, how are we doing, Mr. Combo? You okay? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, the weather has been beautiful yes. here recently. Um, it's, been an up, it's been uplifting. Yeah, and, um, you know, the quarantine's slightly lifting up, which is great. Yep. Obviously, we're all pretty aware of what's going on in our country. And, like, so, you know, that's been uh, a lot of reflection and stuff, um, you know, for me personally. But, you know, um, just trying to educate myself yep. and listen, opposed to speaking and going off just what I know. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things I'm trying to do a balance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I, I, it's kind of like when the whole quarantine went into effect. If you just solely focused on that, yeah. you just you went into this insane. depressive state. Yes. Yes. And I think there was even maybe some episodes where we did this opening and you're like, how you doing? And it's like, man, I don't really yeah, know. I'm not sure. Like, I'm, just, not sure. Have, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of weird. COVID's almost kind of prepared me, at least, for <laughs> everything that's going on, because our city, Kansas City, had a pretty rough weekend uh, yeah. up there with the, the Minneapolis and the Philadelphia's so of the world. So, yeah. Uh, so, like, this weekend, for example, we're going to have some exciting games. You know, the girlfriend's actually going to go out and stay with one of her girlfriends um, on, like, her farm, and they're going to go kayaking. So I'm going to kind of have, like, this boys Saturday, boys. you know. So, yeah, so, I mean, we're, me, me and Davis, we're probably just going to get absolutely hammered, uh, watch billions of YouTube videos, Excellent. and have uh, a fantastic dance party to Kendrick Lamar. So Come I'm pretty excited. Continue, continue through your Strong Bad um, playlist. That's a deep cut. The system right. is well, down. Uh, you, have, well, how are you, doing, you have to be 35 to understand that reference. Uh, I'm doing good-ish. It's been, like I said, it's been kind of exhausting week. Um, work has been crazy. I do have some great news, though, for those in the Kansas City area. Um, they are not sponsoring the show yet. I hope they will be shortly, because I'm going to keep talking it. about gonna them. going to work on it. Uh, Rock Creek Brewing Company right here in Shawnee, Kansas is open. Didn't you talk about uh, them uh, last is, week? That is Mission, Kansas, sir. Mission. In Mission. I did, um, but they just, so before they were only selling, they now opened up. They have a beautiful space right off Lamar um, and Johnson Drive, and their beers are incredible, so if you guys are in the area, they are open during they're open now it's just a great place to go so big, big um, tech and i were able to go down there and have a beer today it yeah, was very nice had a quick had a quick pint um so give them some love um they're they're a new brewery so they can use all the sales they can get but yeah like you said it's been nice out so that's been good um that's really been it i've just been working working like a dog uh and like also i know this isn't um this isn't brews and Flicks, but if you are looking, if you are looking for a good two hours, well, actually, an hour and forty minutes and fourteen minutes of credits out of your life, uh, <laughs> me, Mr. Combo, and friend of the show, Davis, all watched Extraction, and it was quite good. 
So yeah, you know, it, it was better than I thought, especially since the last movie that Big Tuck roped me into watching was that <laughs> terrible Vin Diesel movie with the terrible effects. That was your Blood idea, shot. by the way. I'll have you know. Uh, that was my idea like four months ago, right. and then you're the one that kept being like, "Hey, we, we should, should watch do it. it. We should watch it." It was well so worth we it. did, I and don't it know was if that qualifies it, it was as super a roping bad. then. Yeah, definitely was not a roping. But what I will do is rope in our awesome audio producer because we couldn't do this podcast or YouTube without him. Squee, what's going on with Rich Chaos Records? Uh, how are you doing? How's the studio? How are the cats? Yeah, the studio's good. The cats are good. It's been a it's been a really weird week. Uh, been out of sorts for a few days, and I guess we could just probably leave it at that. All right, moving along. <laughs> uh, Want to know more ways to help out Jim's and Jim S's? See, that's how you do it. Nice. Uh, you just throw an ES at the end, and you just get it. Uh, and the CMD entire team and all the content we put out. Head over to our sponsor, LevelOneGameShop.com. They do sell all the magic accessories and Dungeons & Dragons accessories that you could possibly need, like that sweet exclusive CMD Tower playmat and our Matt Hunter Pack sleeves. Um, the great thing is I think we're almost halfway through our playmats. Nice. So if, if we can get rid of another like 20 to 30, we'll be able to start designing the uh, next playmat and get that going, um, which uh, me and friend of the show Davis actually talked about uh, that we're going to do because our awesome migrating over patrons patreon.com slash cmd tower we have four different pledge levels from the getting access to the discord but also getting your own cmd tower playmat and sleeves that's obviously a one-time award so what me and him kind of did and we ran the math numbers on it we could definitely make it work is that if you're in whatever category in our patron once we get a new design of whether it's our custom cards which we actually are going to be doing here in the next month to month and a half yeah. uh, or even playmat uh, as long as you're an active patron when that comes out you'll be getting the new one free of charge you don't have to pay for anything wow. so uh, we're just going to send that out because obviously you know whatever tier you're a part of and you're you know helping out and supporting the show um, and it's not like we come out with new playmat Matt's every you know month. Uh, you know it's like every six to nine months. By the time the new ones come out, it'll probably be a year, right? Very close. Yeah. You know, right now we're recording this in June. I'd have to imagine it'll probably be September, October uh, by the time we actually get rid of the other twenty to thirty. Because I figured we order a hundred at a time, and once we get down to about twenty-five, then we can order the next set yeah. um, and, and kind of move along. So that is something to look forward to. That gives us time to make a, a Vince offer esque video. Maybe we can show how durable the playmats can also be used as a <laughs> sham wow and and a couple other things where they can really wring out a lot of water. So uh, see, you 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 made mention of the. This Vince person, and I was just like, "Is this a sports ball reference?" But it's a Sham Wow guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, all here's who, 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 If I remember correctly, I think is still in prison. Uh, yes, he is in prison, and I was Vince offer for Halloween in college as just a fun tidbit. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, uh, if you can't help us financially, you can always, of course, just share the content you're already listening to. Every little bit of interaction from the collective really does help. And of course, we always want to give a shout out to the music provided in the episodes by Pink Royal. And hey, you guys should stay tuned until the end so you can figure out how you're going to win a Chandra's Spellbook yeah. from Level 1 Game Shop. And here's a cool thing. Uh, at the time of this recording, it just came out a day ago, but they did finally announce all all the cards that will be coming out in Chandra Spellbook. Uh, to name a few, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, Planeswalker, Amazing. Cathartic Reunion, and uh, Fiery 
Confluence. Yes. All decent cards, all C play and EDH. Uh, and of course, each week we're probably going to announce, you know, some of the cards that are in there. So if you don't want to go look it up, we can do the work for you. <laughs> So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series, and it's all about the decks that Big Tuck, our guests, and I have on our Path to 32. Every episode, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner, brewing some beers. So we really kind of broke it down into quattro categories. Uh, the first one's rampant setting your board state. That's the grain bill. Uh, yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, like the chocolate barley in this uh, porter here, uh, usually in about a 6 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Deck always needs ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next one's going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We kind of relate that to hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our up choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can actually do what it wants. And then the next thing, my most important category, <laughs> is how is your deck actually going to win the game so you get a tally in that victory column? That's yeast. Yes, and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. That's alcohol content and carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then to kind of seal up the deck tech, we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards, synergies, alter the brutes that are in the deck <laughs> that are just kind of fun. We kind of call that a spice package nice this is this is just the spice package brought to you by altar of the brood uh, not every beer has them but spices and additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one it could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn ipa into a double ipa not every deck has something that makes it pop but if it does this is where we generally talk about and i would like to add that i did uh because of not friend of the cast will order three or four altar of the brood foils before those spike up hey, in price hey, nice. hey, uh, that's friend of the cast the goat sir friend of the cast uh, and, and you know the funny thing is because I don't put soul rings in every deck, I almost think by alter the brood, the to soul, soul ring ratio, ratio is starting to get dangerously <laughs> close. Yes, it could be one to one oh very goodness. soon. <laughs> then to cap off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big techs, our guests, and myself's recommendations to the deck that are under five dollars, under fifty bucks, and then a no budget personal recommendation. The only restriction is we can't talk about mana only lands. I dot e Gaius Cradle, you scumbags. <laughs> so without further ado, <laughs> let's get brewing today. Uh, uh, we had to do it. We were stuck we're, on this four colors. We, we, we held out. Uh, we're talking about Brea, Queen of the Artifacts. This is Big Tuck's deck that he kind of complains about a lot. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it played except for maybe once yeah. when uh, we were all in the tank. Yeah. Uh, Big Tuck, tell us a little bit about this deck and why you apparently hate it so much. Uh, yeah, so first off, congratulations to all three of us. We made it through uh, 43 episodes later. We finally made it through our path of 32. Woo! This is the last one. Well, so. that's technically not true. What? Oh, that's right. We have Dang colorless. It. There's one You're just messing up bits left and right. Bitch. Uh, okay, well, we're through <laughs> all the colored combinations that we could possibly do. Um, yeah, Brea. Um, well, uh, as you look at this, you uh, realize why the commander decks. You're speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's uh, pretty frustrating. His face is palpable. So, for those who weren't around, when Wizards decided to come out with the four-color decks, they made two that were horrendously broken, uh, one that was fair-ish, one that sucked, and then another one that was mediocre. And this is one of the horribly broken ones, even more so than her pal Atraxa. So, Brea, Ethereum... Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, she's yeah. way she's way worse than Atraxa. So, um, Brea Ethereum Shaper is all colors except for green. That's white, blue, black, red for a four-four legendary artifact creature human. Uh, one of the th one of the major design flaws is that they gave her an artifact in her type category, which will play into her ability. So, when she enters the battlefield, you create two one-one blue Thopter artifact creature tokens with flyings. I do not have my glasses, so Mr. Combo, you're gonna have to take it from here. <laughs> All right, so you can pay two colorless and sacrifice two artifacts and choose one of these three activated abilities. Brea deals three damage to target player or planeswalker. Target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn. You gain five life. And, and did you say she's a 4-4? Four because four? she's also a 4-4. Four she's four. a 4-4. Four four. Yeah, so um, that pretty much is one of the reasons why I don't like this deck. So I was very excited to have a four-color artifact deck. I was like, wow, this is so cool. There's all these softers. I have all these sweet, like, interactions and everything. And then I started playing it. And then I played it a little <laughs> bit more. And now I play it about once every eight months. Because... There is the way it's built now and the way I built it way back in the day, it is very difficult to build this deck and not go infinite. So there are a yes. lot of cards that are very good in this deck that are just generically good for it. However, the problem is when you slot in all these good cards, you accidentally make her go infinite a bunch of different ways to go around it. So um, yep. I think she is a... Very strong commander, um, friend of the show, Mikhail. This is one of his most frustrated ones to play against. Gross. Yeah, I think this was his very first deck he built on his yeah. own. What a, what a way uh, to dive and, into magic. Yeah, yeah and, and I want to say there was probably seven or eight different points over 18 months that he played in our play group uh, that he would do some tweaks and he would go infinite multiple times in a day. Yeah. And then next time we'd see him, he'd be like, oh, don't worry, I took out that card and I just put in this card. And then he'd go infinite again. And literally, uh, Mikkel was the best example of what Tuck is talking about to where it's just, you have to purposely not yes. put in just generic good cards for Brea right. to make her not just accidentally go infinite. Absolutely. And um, we talked a little bit about the show, and that's one of the reasons why I don't play her that often. Um, she is one of the decks I'll bring to Magic Fest and that sort of things so if we want to get a little bit more competitive, because she's not like completely tuned for CEDH, but for normal kitchen table stuff, she's pretty good. Um, I honestly was thinking about the card the last time I cut or changed this deck. I think it was over a year ago when War of the Spark came out. Um, so yeah, but I mean like, We've talked about this too. The real issue is there's just not really a lot of options for these colors, right? And when yeah. I was really focusing on building my path to 32, and now my path to whatever infinite amount of decks. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, it's a path to 100 soul. Rings. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, which we, that is true. We are now up to 51 of those, I think, maybe more. So, um, yeah, I, I, there are times where I have fun playing it. Um, but most of the time, it's just like an exercise and frustration on my behalf because I realize, like, I'm like, oh, with this hand, I can go infinite without even having to tutor anything up. And that's not really my yeah. play style. Um, I think that she does have some really cool interactions. I think there's a lot of different ways to build her. Unfortunately, I just have not taken the time to try to build her to something more fun than, I, than what I have right now in the way I like to play a deck. 
Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. Everyone knows that I am a competitive player, not CEDH, but I yep. do like tuned decks. Yes. Um, and so that doesn't bother me about Brea. Honestly, what bothers me about Brea is the same reason. Uh, I'll give it back to him. Fine, friend of the cast, Will. Uh, the reason he hates my Empress Galena <laughs> That's deck of the cast, the uh, is because her minus, target creature gets minus four, minus four till end of turn. Think I. And Tuck, Tuck and I have talked about this where we build our commanders top down. Yeah, totally. We don't necessarily just have them there. Um, and most commanders are four toughness. Mm -hmm. So just Brea on the body is going to right. minus four, minus four your commander, which gets around indestructible even. Yeah. And so that's the frustrating thing for me, just like Empress Galena. Empress Galena steals the commander. Right. And it's like, well, crap, if I built top down, what do I even do at this point? Uh, Brea just straight up kills it multiple times. Right. Um, you And here's the thing. I think when Wizards designed Brea, to be honest, Tuck, putting artifact in her type with creature, I think in their minds, it was like, oh, that's going to make her worse yes. because of the fact it's a lot like, you know, I've talked about in previous casts where when I, I talked about in previous casts where my very first Super Friends deck was a Reaper King deck, right. and the reason it did not function was because Reaper King was an artifact, yes. and he just constantly got removed from my opponents. So I think that's what their initial thought was with Brea. Mm -hmm. Hey, we'll make her an artifact, and it'll make it a little easier, because now it's not just creature board wipes, it's artifact board yeah. wipes. But you're right, they just accidentally just put this weird infinite loop yeah. in, because I think if you took out the artifact, she's no longer infinite. Uh, I agree, I agree with that, and like at least in most ways that she can be built. Um, and, sure. and like a lot of times, like there's a lot of things where artifacts cost less, artifacts get X, Y, and Z, and she just plays into that and creatures, like she double dips and all that stuff. Um, so you know, it's I, I'm glad that it was like the real, it was really like the only concrete option at the time, and actually, as we discussed, still is the only real concrete option for this. Um, Hence why I haven't built but, those colors. Yes, exactly. Um, so I'm glad we're getting her out of the way. Um, just for some uh, upkeep, if you will. She, I did build her semi-budget. Uh, she's around $350, uh, which makes sense. Like, again, the, the land base could probably use some money there if you're looking to upgrade it. She's sitting at 356 CMC, which I was kind of surprised by. That's a bit high seems, for a seems a bit, seems a bit high. Um, I know I have some reducers and, and a fair amount of mana ramp. Um, but it does seem it does seem a little high in something that doesn't have green and uh, the color distribution again I haven't looked at this in months or ever actually with this deck and it's actually not horrible um, I think it, I think if I had a little bit more you could use a little bit more blue a little bit more blue and I think if I had a little bit more of like even the budget options in the mana base like the cycling lands and that sort of stuff which I just yeah. I just haven't even. I just don't think about because I'm like, oh yeah, it's brave. I'm gonna play her and do this thing. I think you can go that way. So um, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's interesting. I do think there's some cool cards in here, um, and mostly I'm just glad to be like, okay, we can like we we don't have this specter of this horrible four color combination looming over our shoulders at all times. We can now like breathe easy, uh, in in when we're looking at what cards we want or what decks we want to talk about after this. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Well, why don't we just go ahead and get yeah. into it? Let's start with that rampant grain build. Big Tuck, what is the very first card we should be considering in a Brea yes. dot deck? Um, and this one uh, shockingly did not come with it. I think it got printed right afterwards, but this is one of my favorite cards um, in blue from an artifact theme. So I just want to point out Thopter Spy Network. 
So two colors, two, Very good. two colors, two blue. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control an artifact, any artifact, um, create a one-one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying, uh, and then that's good. And then the backup is whenever one or more artifact creatures you control deals damage to a player, draw a card. Um, so that part, I think that second part makes this a fair card because if it was whenever an artifact creature deals damage, that would be extraordinarily busted. Um, I yes. do like the fact that this gives you because a lot of times you kind of you kind of can build up like a thopter army by doing a couple different things, and this gives you an incentive to actually get into the red zone or try to with them while like replacing mm -hmm. a, a thopter. So for example, if you cast her and you have two thopters out, um, the next turn you can play this swing in knowing that you're going to lose one of them if you swing into someone that has a drake or some other way to block if they have one flyer the commander flies you know like okay i can lose one of them get into the damage draw a card and the next turn it can replace itself at least on defense um just a really fun card i just think it's got a lot of wheels in these sort of decks and the fact that it's not like triple blue it's only two blue makes it pretty affordable from a mana perspective and it's a dollar so it just seems like to me it yeah no yeah, it, it's a good card, and you know, I'm I'm honestly not as hot really? on Thopter Spy Network. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, once again, we've kind of talked about how I personally don't really own any artifact decks, oh, sure, so yeah. maybe that's why. But the way I look at it is you're basically paying four mana and getting a 1-1 mm -hmm. and drawing a card per turn. That's okay. The reason I think it's good for a Brea deck is that 1-1's not just a 1-1, it's sacrifice fodder yes. for Brea's effects. Absolutely. Or that's why this card is so crucial. Because if you think about it, every other deck that you would put this in, it's like, oh, I'm paying four mana to get that 1-1 that the following turn I'll be able do to swing like and draw right. me a card. No, so, I agree with that. Um, um, you know, and again, like, there's tons of ways to sacrifice or get values from 1-1s in this deck as well. So, um, and it counts towards, like, your total amount of artifacts. Um, I just really like this card a lot. Cool. Uh, so my first one is a way that you can ramp, because obviously the one color you're missing in this deck mm -hmm. is green. So you got to find some ways to do some ramp. And it's not the best ramp because it goes to hand. Um, but, you know, you take what you can sure. get. Uh, but it feeds into Bray as well. So we're talking about Mycosynth Wellspring. Yeah. So I had actually never seen this one really? before. I had seen its counterpart that draws cards, uh, but this guy costs two colorless, 18 cents. Back, uh, back he's just an the wallet. <laughs> so expensive. Um, I think the stamp costs more <laughs> than the card itself. Uh, so when Mycosynth Wellspring ETBs or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So the way that I kind of look at this is you're paying two mana and far seek to hand ish. Yeah. Um, but then sack it to Brea, and then you get to right. go get another yes. land. And then if it just stops there, I think it's good enough. Right. Because you basically paid one mana for each of those basics out of the library to hand. It's not even like a look at the top four uh, right. and grab yeah. one like a Seder Wayfinder or something like that. So I like the card, and especially one of the things, guys, when you build a four-color or five-color deck, you need piles mm -hmm. of ways to go get lands. And technically, Big Tuck only has 10 basics yeah. in the deck, but I'm not even worried about that because if you have to pay two mana, and at that point he already has nine of his basics, 
Okay, cool. Sure. Two mana to get that one last one. Thins the deck out, gives you a free shuffle, which I know we all think is worth it. Everyone here, uh, yep. especially because I don't have any sort of scries or anything along those lines. Cool. Well, what is your next one? Uh, so this is this is one of the cards that I think is kind of clunky in this deck, but I think it's the value of it is so good, it's worth it. So I don't like to talk about lands um, ever, really, but this one I think warrants it. So uh, I want to talk up a little Inventor's Fair. Little Inventor's yep. Fair action. So Inventor's Fair is a legendary land out of Kaladesh. Um, it's a rare, costing you, which is surprising me, four bucks and fifty cents, which is because uh, it's played in modern. I believe. Oh, is it? Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. So I, I was about to say the one thing I remember specifically about this card is Forest Day Two Wong constantly talks about how he forgets the triggers. Oh yes, <laughs> they are easy. So the first one is fine um, at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control three or more artifacts, you gain a life. Fine. Like, I think that's a nice to have, right? You generally will have that. Um, it taps for a colorless, which I don't love in four colors, right? I do run yeah. enough artifacts where it's generally not that big of an issue. Um, I also don't have a chromatic lantern in here because... Yeah, why? I, just, why? I already own... 10 copies of it, and again, I don't sub cards in and out of this, so I just forgot to grab them for it. But uh, more importantly, um, four colorless and tap, sack Inventor's Fair, search a library for an artifact card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Activate this ability if you only control three or more artifacts. I'm like, that's a real utility yep. of it. Um, the fact that you can't, it's, it's, there's other decks, there's other cards where like you sack it and then you put cards from your graveyard to hand or like from the top of your library in your graveyard and then go from there. Um, whereas this one, it's just a straight tutor, right? Like most things in here are artifacts. I have a handful of things that aren't. A couple of creatures are the, really the only thing there, but this will be able to go get you, go get you your tutor, go get you your whatever you need. And it doesn't come into play tapped and can tap for mana too. So it really fills up a, a good gap. I honestly can't think of an artifact deck that you would not run this in. Yeah, no. Personally. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's similar to, uh, and I don't want to hear anything about money <laughs> or I will choke you, but like Demonic Tutor, there's no reason if you right. run black in a deck why you wouldn't run a Demonic Tutor over, and I know you're not talking about it, Diabolic Tutor. No, not at all. Uh, just because, you know, you got double black in that, so sometimes that can be a little mm -hmm. prohibitive in a deck, so having the one black and a Demonic, uh, same thing in the Venter's Fair. I mean, I'm trying to think if I run it in Brutaclad, just because artifacts aren't really like the centric of that deck, but there are some mm -hmm. that I could, you know, go tutor for. Um, so I'm, I'm actually gonna have to yeah. check my deck list on that, but I, I do agree with you. I, I personally think if you run more than, including mana rocks, 14 artifacts yeah. in the deck, you should probably that's a, have that's it in a good, there. That's a good and like, and I agree with that as well in terms of like the amount because you don't want to run this in a deck where you're like, oh, like because the colorless mana does suck, right? Like that 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 yeah. hurts it. So you want to make sure that you're not just gonna sack this and go get a talisman or something, right? Like you want to be able to go get like a big heavy hitting artifact to get to your hand Whoa. and then go from there. <laughs> well, see, I actually almost disagree a little bit with that. I think you could run it if all of your artifacts are more mana focused only because then it's just basically a colorless land that you're gaining a life oh, sure, at the yeah. turn and then it's like worst case scenario worst case scenario i need lightning greaves yeah fair point well let, let me let me go get lightning greaves so i can seal the deal because mm -hmm. everyone runs greaves or boots right. or something Top, like that if you will, i don't think yeah. you necessarily 
Yeah, I don't think you need necessarily the gangbusters like in a Chroma's Memorial mm. to be able to go fetch. Um, but no, I, I think that's a great inclusion. Yeah. So what do you what do you got next? So my next one uh, is I, I personally think it's a super cool card and it's interesting doing a couple artifact decks two weeks in a row. I know, right? I feel like this is the the month of the artifacts. Is Bruderclad coming next? I'm oh, not sure. We should. Uh, we absolutely should. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I, th I think a card that you really need, and I, I think Tex can agree with me, this may have to be an auto-include in any deck that's an artifact-centric deck. Trash for treasure. Yes, yes. If you're running... Two colorless red. As an additional cost to cast it, sack, a tre or sack an artifact. Return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. No restriction yeah. on what card you bring back other than it has to be an artifact. No mana, no nothing. That this and It's sitting at $1.50. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. That's so good. And I think, again, to your point, it's sack and artifact. Not a non-token artifact. Yeah. Not a non-creature, whatever, right? And like you just said, um, mm -hmm. the wellsprings of the world, I have both of them in here. Great targets for it, right? If you pull this later, yeah. it's still not a dead drop because you can tap your soul ring and bin it if you need to to go get whatever got milled. Um, I don't... So that's one thing that I, I will get to later is I wish I had more graveyard recursion because a lot of times like a vandal blast will stop this deck dead in tracks right and this sure. and this is a card where like you can get if you can get something out you can then get back on track really quickly um if if you happen to get milled and they mill something giant you're like okay no big deal let's go back three mana yeah i mean it just does tons. Th this is the kind of yeah, this is the kind of card that, that Mikael would have in his Brea mm -hmm. deck to abuse Brea's ability right. because he would actually use this sack Brea and then right. go get or or you know sack Brea to her own effect, put her to the graveyard, then cast this, get rid of a Thopter, get Brea back with two more Thopters. Absolutely. And he would kind of do that kind of sort of loop with it. I think any kind of card that can easily recover you from a board wipe or some sort of hate is definitely worth it because Agreed. Trash for Treasure is only three mana and no restriction. Um, it's a great yeah, card. Yeah, slam dunk. Complete slam dunk. So what is your last grain? Okay, so I switched mine at last minute because I'm trying to get in your I'm trying to get in your in and around your brains. And I think I I think I might duck it. But um, I don't know if we're gonna be able to talk about this card anytime in the near future. I want to bring it up. This is this is I like this card so much that I built an entire deck around it. We are talking about the Goblin Pope himself, <laughs> Duretti Strapsavat. So uh, for those who are playing <laughs> the Goblin Pope himself, look at him. He's got the Pope hat. Uh, also, no legs. <laughs> uh, I want to see what's underneath those robes, Pope. So Duretti Strapsavat is a uh, Planeswalker Duretti. He's a mythic that costs three colorless and a red. Uh, he comes in with three loyalty counters and he has three awesome abilities. So the first one is plus two, discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. So. Again, if you want to play a little bit more graveyard centric, I run him as my mono, as one of my mono red commanders, the one I like to play that's a little more fair um, and not so arch enemy. The fact that you can do up to two cards or none is great. So you don't need to, mm -hmm. you can do this for zero and just plus them up, right? Generally, you don't want to do yep. that. You want to start building the train because his minus two is so good. Uh, minus two, sacrifice an artifact. If you do, return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So again, literally trash for treasure on an artifact. On, on, or on, on a, a 
Planeswalker. Walker. You can do it the turn he comes down. He lives through it. Um, very, very valuable, right? Like, if you can do the thing where you plus two one turn, minus two the next turn, plus two the next turn, kind of go back and forth, people catch on to that pretty quickly. Um, and you really want to get up to his ultimate, which is backbreaking if you can get up there. So um, at minus 10, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put to your graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. It's insane. Like, if you get to ultimate yeah. in any of these decks, like, it's completely bonkers. Especially with Brea, you can just bin her, bring her back over and over and over again at the end step. Especially if you have, like, a, some sort of sacrifice outlet or other way to generate mana, you're off to the races there. So, I really just like him because I like all of his abilities. It plays very well with um, plays very well with artifacts, and for four, you could at least draw some cards potentially, get rid of some lands. Love this card; it's one of my favorite planeswalkers ever printed. Yeah, it, it, honestly, this card annoys the hell out of me because <laughs> every time you play this card, I tell everyone kill that on site, <laughs> but then no one ever does. They're just like, oh, I'll keep them off. It's yeah, ten, right. and it's like, sure, the ten's backbreaking, but the minus two could also yeah, be backbreaking because right. what oh what always happens is you're like, oh, I'm not going to ultimate it. Like, come on, like you guys can keep it off of that, but then all it takes is one Nev's disc, and you're like, oh, I'm going to Nev's disc like every yep. turn, and then I'm going to ultimate there it. There you go, buddy. God. Um, and like again, punch you. The, the, po the, <laughs> the politic nature of this too is like, oh, I'm just discarding lands. I'm just trying to smooth out my card draw. And then you draw into whatever you need. So um, I, li I like him a lot. And um, he also, I think, slots into like Boros decks pretty well. Because um, a lot of them have artifacts. A lot of them need card draw. But I will say shout out to Mr. Combo for giving me one of the best Alters oh. of all time. He got me uh, Captain Loveless from Wild Wild West, who's a little spider guy. Is it Captain, Colonel, or General? <sighs> I think it's General I Loveless. I think that makes sense. Loveless, Wild Wild West. I believe it's General, yes. It is General. Uh, Doctor, uh, Doctor, arguably the best Will Smith. Doctor, arguably Mel the best Will Smith movie ever. Oh. <laughs> uh, maybe, but uh, his full name is Doctor Miguelito Quixote Loveless. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, I did not know that. Uh, and last bit of that, he was played by Kenneth Brahna, who went on to direct some of the Thor movies. Uh, no, I believe the last Whoa, bit is too really? Go ahead and suck it, Vorthos nerd. <laughs> what? Movie Vorthos nerds? Oh, it's a thing. When does it end? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Granny Scraps a lot. Uh, I agree with Mr. Combo. Kill on sight. And he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up the grains with, uh, you know, I love tutors, but I love tutors that can come straight to the battlefield. And this card is super good at a dollar fifty eight. Damn it. Were of invention. Ow! You didn't take the bait. Snap. What, what, what bait was I supposed to take? Tezzeret? Oh, Tezzeret? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Uh, X, blue, blue, blue. It's an instant, and it has improvise, so your artifacts can help cast the spell. Each artifact you tap after you're uh, done activating mana abilities pays for one colorless. Uh, search your library for an artifact card with a converted mana cost X or less, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. 
personally for me, I look at this as more of a hops card mm. because I'm not so much getting it to help establish my board. Right. I'm getting it to react to whatever my opponents are sure. doing. Um, I, I don't know if we'll end up talking about any of them later, but you know, he definitely has some artifacts that, hey, you're about to go off. Let me go quickly tutor this up and I'm going to kind of stop you in your tracks. Uh, th this card just has so much utility so much modality yes. that we've talked about that we love on this uh this this here uh channel yes, sir. <laughs> um th that the other thing is you're gonna have piles of artifacts so the improvise is not that right. big of a deal um you could keep up the three blue to where someone's like oh god is it a counter spell is it not let me see what i could do and it's like ha it's not let me Psych. more of invention uh you, you could tap brea and the two artifacts yep. she comes in with to do three uh so right there is six so you're uh, doing it for something cmc three or less so many different things you can do with it i i personally should probably run this card in more decks than I do, mm -hmm. which is currently zero, <laughs> because currently none. <laughs> because currently none. Uh, because unlike the other card that we talked about, this is one like you know the um, Adventures Fair. I think personally, you could probably run this if you just have a handful of mana rocks yep. and then a couple bangers. Uh -huh. Because uh, I mean, we all. I mean, some people run Mystical Tutor. And, sure. you know, same type of thing. But that even just goes to top a library. At least this comes straight out of the battlefield. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And on top of that, I think the I think the point that you really hit on the head there is um, the two battlefield and most importantly, the instant. Right. So a lot of times you do kind of get this if you're casting Brea several times in a row, you do kind of get this Thopter mm -hmm. army that's just kind of sitting there. You're like, well, I can't attack with these. These are just getting destroyed if anyone tries to attack into me. Now it gives them another purpose. A second chance at life, if yep. you will. Or perhaps a second chance at flight. Ooh, Ooh. And there's a particular nine-mana card in the yeast that we could get <laughs> to later that you quickly uh, throw that bad boy out there and uh, everyone wets themselves. Which I completely forgot was in the deck. So <laughs> Wow. I did not know wow. it was even in there. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the Rampant Grain build. Now we're going to head over to the Board Satan Hot Profile. I'll start this off with, honestly, actually, one of my favorite cards in Magic. Whoa. Um, I don't think it gets played enough. Beacon of Unrest. Interesting. Okay. Three colorless black black sorcery. Put target artifact or creature card from a... Keyword, a graveyard yes. onto the battlefield under your control. Oh, wait, we're not done. <laughs> Shuffle Beacon of Unrest into its owner's library. It's sitting at 51 cents. Um, look, here's the thing. You're taking anything out of anyone's graveyard that's a creature or mm -hmm. artifact. That's why I think this is a card that I'm going to quickly look up on EDH rec and see how many black decks it's present in. It's only in 3% of all decks that, that is, you run That black. is a shame. I don't like that. <laughs> um, because there's always going to be something in a graveyard from someone. Right. This is the kind of card that personally I don't think you need to run in a deck that is graveyard centric mm -hmm. because stuff dies right. all the time. And for five mana, you might say, oh, well, that's a little overcosted. I could reanimate or animate dead or something like that. Sure, you could, but that's a one-time gimmick. Right. At least this gets shuffled back into the library. And yes, you don't have a mystical tutor. It's not like you have lots of ways to go get right. sorceries, but who knows? Just turn 15, you may get it again. I got the, uh, what was that? Um, 
Beacon, I got the Beacon of Tomorrows twice in a game, just drawing it. So, yeah. Um, and I think there you I go. think the what I, what always throws me on this because I always toy with cutting this, but then I remember it gets an artifact as well, right? I think if it was just yep. a creature, that's not as so that's sure. not as exciting, um, because yep. that really doesn't help this deck. Like I'd rather have something that just go gets yep. a artifact. Um, but the fact it gets both, and again, it's from any graveyard, super valuable, um, yep. super good against the board. Board wipe, go get something big. Maybe that's the way you win the game. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and think about this. At least in our meta, we have a lot more players playing these really amazing uh, artifact anthem type mm -hmm. things like your Eldrazi Monuments, like your Chromos Memorials, uh, Coat of Arms, yeah. to where you, some other player plays that and boom, it gets blown up. You've mentioned a couple times now how sometimes you just have this army of Thopters that you're just not yeah. doing anything with. Well, what's better than, you know, turn 11, you got maybe eight, nine Thopters out there, Beacon of Unrest. Holy crap, someone already killed Squee McGee's Chromos Memorial. I'm going to take that and probably win now the game. Now I get to reap all the benefits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what's your first hot? All right. Um, so this one I think is going to be – I'm interested to hear your thought on this one because that okay. I've run this in a handful of decks, and it used to be very good, and it got powered down quite a bit after a specific rule change. So I want to talk okay. about Oblation. Okay. So two colors and a white. Uh, it's an instant. It's 68 cents. The owner of target non-land permanent shuffles it into his or her library, then draws two cards. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't like it. And then I was like, I would rather one. I. <laughs> What's funny is when I was going through this list, uh, because I don't play this deck very often, I was like, oh, it's like a white Chaos Warp. Then I realized that I'm actually playing red in this deck, and I should probably just have Chaos Warp in here anyways. Um, Correct. So, but anyways, I think the thing that I like the most about it, uh, and it came in the pre-con, which is why I didn't get caught, I do like the fact that it is Shuffle. It gets around Indestructible. It gets around the, some of these other harder things to get. Um, the I think another side thing of it that I like is a lot of people are like, okay, you're drawing two cards, you're giving them these two more resources. The fact that you're shuffling sure. the library may also disrupt them to the fact that if they're topping, if they're doing some sort of top deck manipulation, you can throw them off of that. They might draw two lands. Uh, the argument also, the argument I've heard against Chaos Warp, which I am i don't believe in because I'm a, I am love Chaos, is that you always you always <laughs> run the risk of flipping over a, a Dogtail Colossus or an Avacyn or something like that, right, when you didn't mean to. Um, so the fact that it's just draw two cards make them kind of work for it. I just wanted to hear you. I mostly want to talk about this because I've never seen it in a deck. Um, I don't remember having well, it. I think there's decks. a reason you don't. Yeah, I think there's a reason you don't see it in decks. So do you think so? It's, I guess it's because it's not that. Would good. you think? Would you if you if this was a deck that you're running like mono white or whatever? Would you rather just have like a crush contraband effect where it's just exile yes. these two things as opposed to taking the risk of getting yep. the two draws? Yeah, because the way I look at this particular card here is traditionally, unless you're about to die, you're going to use this for some problesome enchantment or artifact. Right. So a crush contraband is just going to exile them and you're done. Sure. Um, it's it, this is still a target, right? So it's not like this gets around hexproof, hexproof sure. or shroud. Um, the only th reason I could maybe see it in this deck is you're desperate, and maybe you do it on one of your thopters just to draw two cards. Right. 
Like, I mean, that that's really, really desperate, but, you know, it could be that late in the game to where you've been targeted so much that you just yeah, need, you need to, to get a couple cards yeah. in hand. Uh, but Chaos Warp would be infinitely better Yeah, I better completely than forgot this. when I was looking at this. I was like, oh, like... This is a great. This is a great card to run if you can't run Chaos Warp. And I was like, oh, there's actually red in this deck. So what are we doing here? Yeah. But um, I think it's still kind of an interesting card. It's super budget. It's cheaper than a Chaos Warp. So if you're looking for something a little different, Oblation's the way to go. Different, maybe not better. Well, <laughs> well the funny thing is, my next card is also a removal spell oh. that I do not see played a lot, um, and I think it should be played more. We're talking about Dispatch. Oh, yeah. So one color, one, one white instant tap target creature. That's uh, not mm -hmm. that good. But here's the thing, guys. It has Metalcraft, which in this deck is amazing. But I think it's more relevant than you, than you think in other decks as well. If you control at least three or more artifacts, exile that creature. So basically, you're getting a Path or Swords effect as long as you have three creatures out right. there. Uh, but they get no benefit out right. of it. So... Once again, we love modality. Yeah. This does two things. The one thing would feel real, real bad, but it's late enough in the game. You've been board wiped a whole bunch of times. If if Squee McGee goes to combat with his Akiri Line Slinger, I'm going to die. So before you go to combat, I'm going to tap that mofo. Totally. Um, and, and hopefully I, I can do something on my next turn. So that's the worst mm. case scenario. And really, it's not that bad Correct. of a worst case. Best case scenario is you're exiling that creature, which in this deck, it should always be an yes. exile effect, uh, which I can kind of understand why you probably run this over a path to exile or a swords to plowshare is I'm still basically getting the same thing, but they get nothing out right. of it. And it's a lot cheaper at 92 cents. I, I, I completely um, agree. But I, I, I think this is a card that probably should see a lot more play than it most likely does. Yeah, especially, I think to your point, like, if you're trying to, even if you're running a mono-white deck, you're probably going to be running a lot of artifact artifacts just to ramp and to get equipment mm -hmm. and that stuff, so this could easily slot in as a third copy of Swords or a Path, right? Um, but I agree, like, even even on the face, if you cast your commander, this is already online, right? Not to say without, like, yep. some other artifact creatures, some other artifact ramp, some other X, Y, and Z. So, um, I think I just put this in there i think i put this one in here mostly for fun just because i think it's cool but I, I don't i i don't think just the straight up tap is something that would be overlooked uh, yep. one mana the upside on this is, is huge so uh if you're running artifacts it's a great addition to my in my opinion so i'm totally on board with you well yeah and, and it's present in about three percent of all decks that run white which i guess that's about right because i mean technically path and uh swords are just better because right. there is no condition like you know path is in 28 percent of wow. decks that run white yeah um you know swords is in 56% of decks that can run white. So, um, you know, I, I get it. Uh, that condition probably puts it a little bit lower, but I mean, I do think that this should be in probably 10% of decks that run white. I don't see why it shouldn't be at least and I think, there. I think to your... I think to your point, like last thing on this, like I think if you want to, and I do, I do kind of want to try to make this deck more fun. I like the idea of this is kind of like powering it down a little bit, right? Where this is not sure. a staple, this is not just like a staple removal card. It's something you have to work for a little yep. bit. Uh, well, what is your next hop card? Um, so this is a card that I run in a lot of decks, and I think it's really cute. I think the artwork is kind of terrifying if you look at it too much, um, but it just does tons of stuff. So I'm going to talk about Baleful Strix. 
So oh, yeah. colorless, or I'm sorry, colorless. Uh, we're all, it's all artifacts. Uh, we're talking blue, black. <laughs> so two mana for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature bird, flying death touch. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. I really love $4. That is crazy. I think there was a minute where it was like eight for some reason. Um, but I know it's been reprinted a gazillion times. I I really like the design of this card, right? So um, yeah. once people, I think Brea is one of those decks where as soon as you flip it over, right, you're like, okay, I'm gonna play Brea. Everyone's like, if they if they're in the game, they're just like, like, all right, what do we gotta do? <laughs> so okay, can you do artifact removal? Can you do artifact removal? Can you stop this, right? Um, and people are gonna be like, oh well, uh, I can swing in for two damage somewhere. Uh, you, right? Or like, I'm gonna try to get some early commander damage in. You, um, baleful strix stops that. It replaces itself. The death touch on it's really great. It's a phenomenal blocker, and it's also an artifact on top of all that, right? So you can sack it for value. And there's the secret layers coming out of the birds. So now we got new oh, art. This is in it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, th I, th I think it's. I think it's actually like this very upset-looking owl. Well, he lives. <laughs> this card exists to die. So, <laughs> L literally, Baleful Strix is the uh, Tootsie Roll owl from those commercials <laughs> in the, yeah. the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, but after he's been weathered right. for years, looking that damn lollipop. Can someone, can someone just kill me so I don't have to eat any more of these lollipops? <laughs> can someone get to the effing yeah, center? Yeah, can anyone get to the red uh, zone? No. So yeah, so I just love, I really like this card. Like I said, um, I like. I mean, this is a card. Honestly, that I see played a ton, really? and the interesting thing with it. Oh yeah, um, hold on, I'm gonna pull yeah. it up because I'm actually curious. This is a card that a lot of times, if I'm running blue and black in a deck, I just put it in just to have it because it's it's in 14% of decks yeah. that run Demir. I mean, that's pretty high and, considering it's one of each and, color. And like, I think I think that's a great point, and um, even in decks like my Zer deck or Nekazar, people are gunning for you, right? They're gonna try to get in there as yep. soon as possible. And the fact that it has Death Touch, you can really, uh, it's, I think this card is, I think it's on its face is, is again, like we talked about it two weeks ago, like an opponent modal card, right? Like this will shape the mm -hmm. way that they're gonna think about the way they attack, which is good enough on its yep. own. But the fact you get to replace it immediately, right? With like maybe that land that you need or maybe that removal spell that you need to get out. Sure. Um, and the fact that it's an artifact, just I, I think it has a lot of utility like I think it's really I think it's really cool design I'm just a huge Baleful Strix guy so if I'm wrong then I guess it cool. feels good to be wrong <laughs> well uh, the one that I'm going to wrap up your hop section yeah. with is a 100% staple in artifact decks Ooh. that run red you have to have it in there we're talking about Goblin Welder yeah <laughs> yeah so one red creature, creature Goblin Welder uh, it, 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 it's a one-one, and it says tap, which is the only reason it's probably not more than a dollar. I think if it just could come in and you could like pay some mana to right. do this effect, it would probably be a fifteen or twenty-dollar card. Uh, but it says tap, choose target artifact a player controls, and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the battlefield. The reason that this is phenomenal is it's a modality card that you can use primarily for yourself, but I've seen this done to opponents. Really? To where they, I mean, you know what? Say they have a mere battlesphere out there and soul ring in the graveyard. 
hey, how about how about we swap those? Yep. Um, that that doesn't feel too good. Uh, th this card, I, I do agree with this. I've seen it used honestly more in a yeast package. You know, this is how I'm gonna win yeah, the game. Right. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Brea's ability a whole bunch of times. Sack her. Hey, I'm gonna swap that Thopter for Brea. Mm -hmm. Bring her back out. Yep. Let's run the train again. Uh, but I do agree though that it could be a hops card because there is so much modality right. with it. Um, but yeah, if you're running red and it's an artifact themed deck, you have to have the welder. Do. It doesn't make sense why you wouldn't. And I like the fact that it, it is a tap ability, right? So if so, if you have a really problematic artifact out and someone's trying to exile it with like a return to dust or a yeah. fresh contraband or whatever, you're like, ah, I don't think so. I'll just put that to the yard. That'll fizzle. And then I will use sure. this ability next turn when I untap just to bring it back. So um, I, it's yeah. kind of like a one-man wrecking crew, Dreddy sort of ability, um, and I think like I think that's a theme that I want to play more on of like using the graveyard as a resource for your artifacts. Mm -hmm. But it's it's awesome, and like yeah. the fact that it's a buck. I mean, and a one drop you can get in first blood uh, if you play by those rules, like the adults over at Star City <laughs> Games. Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, so what's the last hops card you want to talk about? Cyclonic Rift? No, yeah, exactly. Let's get it out of the way. No, actually, I want to talk about a card called Crux of Fate. Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm, Ooh, I'm joking. Trash it card. is a trash card in this deck, especially. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, no, I'm going to talk about a card that I know you're a huge fan of that I also agree is criminally underplayed. Um, Dreddy had his fun in the sun. Maybe got too much sun. And now in the darkest timeline, has gone from the Scrap Savant to the Ingenious Iconoclast. We are talking to Reddy Ingenious yeah. Iconoclast. This card is awesome. Um, so it's so it's, good. It's incredible, right? Like, uh, and I yeah. think, okay, well, okay, so we'll get into that in a second. Let's contain, let me try to contain my excitement for a minute. Um, so <laughs> colorless black red for a legendary Planeswalker Dreddy. It's a mythic. Uh, three, th comes with three loyalty, just like his cut earlier version i don't know i can't think of, i can't think that the <laughs> what, what the, the, his other cut from the same because that was, that was from conspiracy one this is from conspiracy two um i did i actually I, I did open this up in my conspiracy two booster box so here we are um there you go plus one create a one one colorless construct artifact creature token with defender relevant Hey, yeah, yeah, there you go. The construct <laughs> commander we've all been looking for, if you could run him as such. Um, so plus one ability, relevant. Minus one ability, you may sacrifice an artifact if you do destroy target artifact or creature. Or creature, um, yeah. And then minus, so minus six, choose an artifact card in a graveyard or artifact on the battlefield. Create three tokens that are copies of it. Um, I have yeah. never even come remotely close to the minus six. I don't know about you, nope. but I always plus one, minus one, plus one, minus one. All day. And we talked about having tokens, yeah. having artifacts that we're trying to sacrifice just does exactly what this deck wants. The fact it's a three drop also is kind of insane. It's a three drop. So if we're looking at like the Planeswalker abilities, the plus one defends it. The minus one interacts with the board and the minus six. Ah, could be game winning in the right situations, but is overall very good, right? Um, and, and I was yeah. going to ask, I think between you and me, have you seen anyone else ever run this card? No. Never, right? 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> so I know. So uh, I know you are a huge fan of this card as well. Do you think I missed anything along the lines of it, or what? What are you thinking? No, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And the kind of interesting thing that I've seen done in Brea decks is, you know, I've, I've said this a few different times where you'll actually sack Brea, put her in the graveyard. Right. Technically, you can sack her to the graveyard, do a whole bunch of rigmarole, minus six Doretti, make three copies of her that come out. All three of their ETBs go on the stack. You have to sack two of them because of the right. legend rule. But then that one Brea is now going to have six Fopters <laughs> to work with. Ah, yes. Um, and then you can kind of keep doing some more rigmarole. Um, but no, I, I love the card. Any type of Planeswalker, honestly, for me, that you're able to do, it's plus and minus mm -hmm. over and over, back and forth, like Fraley's, like Doretti. Um, and it's relevant stuff right. like Fraley's is always uh destroy target artifact or enchantment Ooh. well that's extremely relevant Doretti, destroy target artifact or creature extremely right. relevant um and then you know you're in a deck very much like when i run my vin diesel mm -hmm. yes, uh, too yes. fast too loose um I'm okay actually plussing for a few different turns because if I've kind of stabilized the board, right. I'll, I'll, I'll take this guy up to six, seven, eight, nine. And honestly, at that point, I still won't even minus six it because I know someone's going to come and hit right. him. I want him to live so that way I have that removal. I would rather you guys swing all of your creatures at Doretti and let me live when I'm playing the Brea deck because yep. it only takes, like you've said a few different times, one card draw and I'm about to go infinite to go. and just win and the I game. Had, so I actually got him and the other one out at one time. Time, and that was like oh, every wow. single person at the table was like, okay, what are we doing about this? Can you do anything about this? Can you do anything about this? I'm like, guys, I'm just plus yeah. and minus in. It's easy. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the board state and hot profile. Now we're going to head over to how the deck wins the game. And there's a myriad of infinite ways. So you know I'm happy. Tuck, what's the first one you want to start talking about? So the first one I want to talk about is one of my favorite cards of magic. Uh, I have seen this work once and exactly one time. He's gonna swoop in. He's gonna take your little bobbles, and then oh, you're gonna I feel so, real bad about it. I so got in your head because I was looking at some of these. I was like, "Oh, I should talk about that." And I was like, "No, he's gonna talk about that." Yeah. Okay. So this is not one of yours. No. Damn it. Okay, we are talking about our boy Hellkite Tyrant. Yep. Uh, he is a big boy coming in at four colorless and two red for a creature dragon. He's a six five. And he's seven dollars and forty six cents. That's I can't believe that. What, like, how many decks is he being played in? Now, granted, I have him in two, but <laughs> I'm also a lunatic. Um, so, whenever Hellkite Tyrant deals damage to a player, gain control of all artifacts that player controls. And then, seems good enough, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 more artifacts, you win the game. Here's the part I like the most about this card, is that as soon as you play him, it's a blind panic. And yes. one of the tables like, wait, what the hell is going on here? What are you doing? How can we stop this? How many artifacts do you have? How many artifacts do you have? Again, it's like this turns the entire table against this card. And a well, lot of times... Well, oh, sorry, the, the, the funnier thing about this is that's normally the way it's the, what happens. It's blind panic. How many artifacts does everyone have? Who can he steal from? But when you're playing right. this deck, I think <laughs> it's more of a blind panic of how many artifacts does Tuck have? Because right. we're about to lose. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so uh, this card is great, and I have one off it one time. It was not this deck, but it was in my other artifact deck. I can, why, so it's a mythic. Why do you think this is $7? Just because it's only been printed a couple times? Or because it's like that crazy weirdo alternate win con that casual, filthy casuals like me love to hate? 
and love to so see. I think the more interesting thing to look at let's let's hop over to our other friends at MTG Goldfish and yes. see oh if, I see if maybe it spiked up here due to everyone getting so it came out originally in no. gate crash yep. so if we look at the original printing uh, paper it's actually been sitting around that price since M19. Wow. And, so M9, years M, now. Yeah, M19 came out and it kind of went up and then right around uh, Guilds of Ravnica, kind of sat at that seven-ish dollar price and it's just okay. kind of hovered there. So, yeah, I mean, it, with it, with knowing that and it's been at that price now for uh, going on two years, I think it's just people caught on. It's a good card. Yeah. Uh, and, you got to think about it. I think M19 might have been when the new Kalia came out. The one that yes. was not so broken. So yep, it fits correct. in both Kalia decks. It fits in Dragon decks. It fits in artifact theme decks. So yeah. it does have a home in a lot of EDH decks. True. And it's only been printed twice. Again, Gate Crash was a long time ago. And the most recent printing was Commander 2016, which became stock in this deck. And these decks now are online for what? $100 and change? Yep. Something like that. So anyways, uh, yeah, I love this card. I have one with it before. And so all you haters can suck it. But I'm so now that you're in my brain. Yeah. What do you have? To, what do you have to talk about? All right. So I'm going to talk about one of the more broken ways that Brea does win. So one of the okay, ways, excellent. guys, that, that Brea does win is you basically do her ability to where you almost get rid of every single artifact on your board. And then mm -hmm. you end it with putting Brea to the graveyard as well. But then you might say, well, what do I do? I just put 25 artifacts to the graveyard. Well, that's when you cast a very cool card called Scrap Mastery. Yeah. So three three colorless red red. Pope, it's Pope, a sorcery. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it is the Pope. Um, and it says each player exiles all artifact cards from his or her graveyard, then sacrifices all artifacts he or she controls, then puts all cards he or she exiled this way onto the battlefield. Ninety five percent of the time, this is going to be a one sided in your favor. Mm -hmm. You could be unlucky and just, you know, someone else did have a bunch of artifact stuff that people had kind of gotten rid of throughout the game. And, and, you're, and you're not paying you're not paying attention. So, yeah, you're like, yeah, uh, could, could, oh, could, and I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, it could backfire there because I think that actually happened with me when I did Living Death with Duff with his uh, Rakdos goblins. I didn't realize yeah. all the goblins he had in his graveyard. And then I did it <laughs> oh, no. and I was just like, oh, God. Um, and I so think, so I, yeah. I think something that's really cool about this card, and I agree with you, is that it's just a flipped Living Death. It's the same yep. cost, same same ability, but just with artifacts and in red. Um, mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised that they didn't auto include this because it is so insane, but yep. they put it in for the Duretti. So effectively, if you will, this is my third Duretti card in the deck. And that's as, that is literally as Duretti centric as I could possibly make it. All right. I like it. Uh, yeah, sweet, it's, you know, I, I, now I got a question for you. I'm curious. Yeah. Cause this could almost be like an anti artifact card for your opponents. Mm -hmm. Would you yes. run this if you were running red in a deck just as like a, well, this could be a way if I come up against an artifact player, you know, maybe you're playing Rakdos. I mean, mm -hmm. sure, you already got Vandal Blast in there, but if you already have Vandal Blast, do you run this as just a backup way to get rid of all their 
You know, I mean, I know that's a very meta way to look at it. Same yeah. living death, I think, is too risky because ninety-eight percent of the time people are playing creatures, but artifacts. Right. It could be one of those where it's like, oh, I mean, what are they going to get back? Lightning grief, swift foot boots, and a soul ring. I'll take right. that for swapping out all their other stuff. Lose out on mirror battle ball and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. Um, mirror I battle think... ball. I haven't haven't heard of that card. Battle ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it on the streets. Um, so I think I think I think you bring up a great point with Living Death, where I would only run Living Death in a deck where I'm going to reap benefits yeah. of the creatures coming out. And I feel I feel the same way about this one, um, just in so far as there is Vandal Blast, there is other more artifact centric removal without running the risk. I, that's tough though, and and I think I think a lot of artifact decks hinge on making them indestructible, uh, yep. hexproof, that sort of stuff. So I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm hundred percent sold on this, but I am interested in this line of thought. And, and I'll clarify. I would not do this in a red, you know, uh, black green deck, uh, you know, I, sure, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I guess it's kind of more pigeonholed into Rakdos because we have kind of talked about how right. black struggles with artifacts mm -hmm. and that type of removal. And yes, red is good at that. But if you think about red board wipes for artifacts specifically, it's Vandal Blast and I think that's it. That's kind of yeah. I, I think I think green and white are the two that have the broad uh, artifact enchant enchantment removal. So I'm kind of curious. In a, and I mean, granted, that's a different way of thinking, but could could be something a nugget to chew on. But I think I think you're also onto something with Rakdos because Rakdos is a color that's so like if you're running a Rakdos deck, for the most part, you're running like bigger creatures, right? Like demons those sort of things, right? That are kind of like these big flashy spells. Sure. And the only way you can get there is by playing mana ramp and play, or playing um, artifact ramp specifically, right? Sure. Like mana rocks. So there's times where I played my Rakdos decks and I get that someone does a Vandal Blast. I'm like crippled, right? Like I can't, cause I, I was like so hinged on, I, I'm gonna have a turn one soul ring, I'm gonna have a turn two X, Y, and Z. Sure. Like I have this whole artifact package out. And then they board wipe artifacts. And I'm like, I have two swamps and three mountains, and everything, and, and everything in my hand costs seven. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, it's it's interesting. It's not it's not an absurd idea. Um, I I'd be interested to see that out. But especially, cool. and, and I think I think too, like this all it's a buck thirty, right? Like if you're if you're gonna run an artifact deck that runs red, you will put this card into it. Sure. Right. So even Absolutely. if it doesn't fit in your Rakdos stack, if you're ever going to build one of these or something else, a blue, uh, blue, red artifacts is, are really popular. You'll figure out. You'll find a home for it. All right. Well, I think I know the next card that you're going to talk about. I know I didn't pick it, but I'm curious. Can does it ignite? Oh yeah. Oh, it ignites. <laughs> big time. It ignites a big time. So well, what is your in, next East card? <laughs> we are in fact talking about our boy Hellkai Igniter, aka the backup win con in this deck and in Duretti. So Hellkai Igniter is a dragon that's a rare. It costs five colorless and red red. Um, it's a five five. It's flight sets the sky itself on fire, which makes zero sense considering the rest of the card. Uh, but it is a 5-5 flower with haste. Most importantly, 
Colorless and a red. Hellkiting Nair gets plus X plus zero until end of turn where X is the number of artifacts you control. Now, I have not seen this. I am not sure I have ever played this in this deck. <laughs> However, in my... So, my Doretti deck is very similar to this deck, just a mono-red. So that, and I played Doretti a lot because it's my second deck I ever made, and I really like it. But when this works, it works huge. And the reason being is that you can just pump and pump and pump and pump yep. and pump. Well, and it's, it's basically well, it's basically Dragon Breath, but instead of plus one, plus O, oh, it's plus X for the artifacts. Exactly. Which makes it significantly better than Dragon Breath. Significantly better. The fact that it has haste can kind of come out of nowhere. Um, so I think one thing that I want to get away from this deck is like, really the only way it wins is through these like nonsense combos that I don't like to do, right? So sure. I do them, I feel bad, and then I put it away and it gathers dust. And then six months later, I'm like, okay, I guess I got to play this. Um, so cards like these last two Hellkites are the backup win cons, right? Where like you don't have to do these crazy rigmarole stuff in the graveyard, sacrificing things, X, Y, and Z. These kind of win the game in more traditional means. Um, like I said, I've never seen this card really go off in this deck. And arguably you could say that it's not... If you're gonna, if I, if if I'm gonna play the deck as I built it, this card is kind of hard to really factor in because I really only need three or four artifacts plus my commander to really spin the wheel. Sure. Um, however, the fact that it's a big beater, it flies and has haste and has the upside potential of doing a gazillion damage in a turn when I have nothing else to do seems like it's pretty good. And it's only thirty five cents. Because money is what matters when you're looking for win cons. Uh, but no, I, I like the fact that it does have haste. Seven mana is a lot. It's a I, lot. I, I, I think if it was six, it would be easier to chew. Yes. Um, but it, I agree. you know what? It's I think this is one of those kind of cards where it's like super late game. People mm -hmm. have shut down your um, you know Hellkite Tyrant. They've shut down. Uh, you're probably not talking about it. Mirror Battlesphere. Um, no. You know they're they're shutting. They've shut down all the different ways. Maybe Bray right. has been killed like 13 times, and you're like, <laughs> I can't pay 50 <laughs> mana. Uh, this is a way that like, hey, I'm gonna pay potentially basically yeah. nine. Pay seven. It has has haste, I'm going to pay two. It's even going to get plus, probably minimum plus five, plus so. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to swing in for ten, which is not irrelevant. Probably that late and in the game. Can, and again, you can keep doing that, right? So sure. five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Um, and I think, so I will say this, if this card cost triple red and four, I would cut it immediately. Yep. Immediately. But the fact that it's still in that range of the double colors um, and can win the games... And again, as you guys all have heard, I'm a big, flashy, love big creatures that do big things. And this is right in the right in the wheelhouse. But yeah, you which are... is definitely this is the wrong commander for big, flashy creature <laughs> things. <laughs> you are in my brain. All right, what do you got, sir? All right, so my next one is one of your infinite combos. Uh, funny yeah. enough, I didn't realize it was an infinite combo until Mikael did it the first time, and I was like, oh, that card's broken. We're talking about Eldrazi Displacer. Oh yeah, so, it's brutal. <laughs> uh, you know, I would say if you. You could if if this deck could run sans white uh it would be significantly worse and if eldrazi yes. displacer was the only white card in the deck it would probably operate exactly as normal um, <laughs> so two colorless white creature eldrazi it is devoid so technically this card 
actually has no color. So if someone has mm -hmm. a counter, you know, um, white card or, you know, protection from white, that doesn't apply mm -hmm. to the displacer because it has no color. It's a 3-3 sitting around three bucks with yeah. a three mana activated ability. Uh, but here's the kicker. This is back uh, when Wizards decided to hate us and give <laughs> colorless its own symbol. So this hey, is technically we're gonna, two. We're gonna, we're gonna ruin, Wizards is in a boardroom. It's like, okay, how can we ruin every mana rock from here until existence? <laughs> we got it. We're putting it into diamonds. So stupid. Yeah, so it's it's two colorless and you gotta shine bright like a diamond, uh, a diamond nice. mana, well which if you, if you guys are not familiar with what that actually means, means it used to be that colorless mana could come from anything a mana rock that produced colorless mm -hmm. uh, a red mana a blue mana whatever well they decided during this eldrazi block that colorless things that produce colorless mana i.e soul ring actually produce diamond diamond mana and so now if you see a diamond represented in a card's text box, only colorless mana can pay for that. You can't tap a mountain for colorless to pay into it. So long story that's short, so, that's, that's what so it means. Stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, but here's why this card is busted. Yeah. Exile another target creature, then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Basically flicker a creature for three mana. Well, oh, I'm not well, talking Mr. about Carmel, these. Did you, did you say tapped? It's horrible. I can't even <laughs> Oh, I know. It's <laughs> terrible. So here's the thing, guys. Brea, when she ETBs, including herself, makes three creatures. Two Thopters and Brea. I'm not talking about these cards. I know uh, Tuck isn't talking about them. But 100%. Ashton's Altar and Crack Clan Ironworks both basically say sacrifice either a creature or artifact and add two colorless to your mana pool. So the gimmick with this, because the... Displacer only needs three mana. Is you mm -hmm. sack both of the Thopters to uh, either the Ashton's Altar or Crack Clan Ironworks, blink Brea, you net one colorless mana, and you do that infinitely until you have infinite colorless mana, and then you spend your infinite colorless mana to just blink Brea for free. Now you got infinite Thopters, but now you got still got the infinite mana, and then you just sack uh, everything to Brea yeah. to basically either deal three damage each player, uh, gain infinite life, neg, neg four, neg four, a bunch of creatures, which some people would say, well, you just win because you three damage the target player. Hexproof on players has been a lot more yeah. common now than it has been in the past. True. So, you know, it might be one of those things to where you might be able to kill two of three, but someone has a Shalai Voice of Plenty with Lightning Greaves on it and you can't touch them. So, you know what? I'll do this and I'll, I'll make my life total $1 billion and then <laughs> pass the turn and then try to figure out a way to get rid of that Shalai. But uh, right. that's that's one of the infinite ways to do that. And, and I will say this. It is a three card combo and it is very fragile because it can be interrupted at any time. Right. So as soon as they activate the ability and you've already sacrificed your things for the mana, you could swords to plowshare or get rid of the Eldrazi Displacer and boom, mm -hmm. it's over. Um, and it does end the game. It's not yes. something that, you know, Tuck always had issue with in my Maelstrom Wielder deck to where the infinite combo was just me cascading and like, well, eventually I'll get there. Yeah, I don't really know there. though. Yeah. Th this just ends it straight there unless someone has Hexproof. And I only have one way to tutor it, which is a four, which is a diabolic tutor, which we talked about before. It's not a premier tutor spell. So correct. Um, I yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, I this card. So when Brea came out, this card got so popular, it was impossible to find. So I have this in Chinese, and I literally have to every time I look it up, I have to figure out what actually it does because I can never <laughs> remember if it's like. 
Usually I play and I'm like, it's Eldrazi, Displacer, and Brea. Do we have any questions? Uh, but every once in a while I'm like, wait, is it at this turn? I, if, it, if they wanted to make a fair version of this card, it would be at the end of the turn, like a gazillion sure. other Blake stuffs. But instead, they're like, oh, here's a card that's got to spike as soon as Brea gets spoiled and it's over. But you got to think about it, though. To be fair, this card technically was printed for standard. So if it yeah. was at end of turn, it might make it unfair for the 60 card formats because this basically can not get around a board wipe. Yeah, the board wipe's yeah, yeah. going to happen no matter what. So, you know, initially, you know, their thought is it's basically, I think Displacer's only broken for Brea. And I think that's I it. agree. Yeah. I, I think everything else, like, yeah, it's ran in uh, Rune of the Hidden Realm decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably ran in uh, Derevi decks. But there's no Lavinia, infinite Lavinia, loop you're doing the, there. The OG Lavinia, the Detain decks. Yeah. yeah. But, like, this is, this is the only deck where it's, like, objectively broken. Correct. Um, all right, man. Well, what is your last yeast card? Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at this list. Uh-huh. I'm knowing you. Uh-huh. Uh, man, this is this is tough. Uh, <laughs> do, do we go with Marionette Master? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me. Um, this is the most fair way to win this deck. Uh, Marionette Master is a sweet card. Four colors, black, black. Uh, it's a 1-3 creature human artificer. It's not a, it's not an artifact in and of itself, so it has yeah. Fabricate 3. When this creature enters the battlefield, put 3-1-1 counters on it or create 3-1-1 colorless servo artifact creature tokens. Uh, whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette's Master's power. So, so I'm curious, with your Fabricate 3, which one do you usually you pick? Oh, always the one to put it on because okay. then you start sacrificing your artifacts, start sacrificing your tokens. They do hit the graveyard, then they go. Um, so this is this. I like this card mostly because this is like the fair way to play this deck, right? Like where you're getting value off, off of things dying. You're doing your your tricks and your drafts, but it only targets opponent one opponent at a time. It's a creature that does this at this ability. You can interrupt whenever potentially, right? Like. It's not like it's not like Displacer where you can trigger it twice, um, and just does a lot of work. So again, if I wanted to build the fair non-infinite version of this, this card would be one of the hallmarks of the decks, and still is right because a lot of times when people they get wise to like the Displacer of the world, and I have like two ways to get a Displacer back, and if it gets exiled, it's like okay, I can't do anything, so I'm gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way, not to burn you out by life totals. So it's a little overcosted for what it does, sure. But yep. the the fact that it's still got that upside of burning people out a lot of, and like I think we mentioned this before a lot of this deck is gonna be like sacrificing things bringing them back getting the value from those sort of things and this is just gonna incrementally chip away chip away chip away chip away you I have seen this um, a guy I played with named Tom Purs who uh, I worked with in Chicago at Optiver Double Drink. He, this was like a deck he liked to run, and this was his like main win con in it because he didn't he hated all the other stuff, and he actually won off this card several times. Hmm. Yeah, I know. You know it's crazy. I think I, I think this is uh, obviously it's a staple in Brea um, because right. you know you're just sacking stuff and it's just melting people's life totals. But I like this card because it once again shows modality, not so much yeah. in your deck, but so much how you can kind of put it in different decks. Because this is an all star in my Shirai deck. 
because yeah. I usually create the servos and then this stays as a one three. I sack it. She comes back out and make three more one one servos. Right. And it's just kind of like this quasi uh, mm -hmm. three times loop of servo tokens. So great card. Um, it, it's a very, very cool way that basically think about it for two mana. You're going to drain someone for nine. Because mm -hmm. the three damage from Brea, and then the three for each of the artifacts that went to the graveyard for Marionette Master. Two yep. mana for nine is a pretty good rate. It's, pr so. it's pretty good. So, like yep. I said, this is this is the all-star if you can't get the... And like you said, like if people catch on to the loops early and they don't kill you, this is the card that's going to let you seal it out potentially. Yep. So, 100%. I just want to talk about it. And like I said, I'm not talking about any of the infinite combos. And I talked about the three ways that this deck can sort of win without them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the last infinite way the deck can win. So, yeah. if they get on you with your Eldrazi Displacer combo, you still need Ashton's Altar. You still need Crack Clan Ironworks. But Nim's Death Mantle will bring it mm -hmm. home. So, this is two colorless artifact equipment. It's a rare $7. Man, that's a little pricey. I think it's only been printed the one time, so... Okay, it's, okay. Yeah. Equip creature gets plus two, plus two, has Intimidate, and is a black zombie. All the relevant things. Uh, <laughs> equip it for four. Obviously relevant, you have to equip it. But here's why the card's so important. Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay four colorless. If you do, return that card to the battlefield and attach an in-death mantle to it. So the rigmarole is you cast Brea, <laughs> Uh, you sack all three things to Ashton's Altar or Crack Clan Ironworks. You produce six colorless mana. You put four of it into Nim Deathmantle's ability. Bring Brea back out. Nim Deathmantle attaches. You create your two more Thopters. You have netted two colorless mana. And you basically do that until you yep. have infinite colorless mana. And then just like the Eldrazi Displacer, <laughs> then you start sacking Nim's Deathmantle to create infinite uh, Thopters and then use her ability to start uh, bolting down people, gaining infinite life, infinite negative four negative four um and just basically win the game so yeah and to your and to your point about the price so i'm looking at it right now up until two weeks ago <laughs> no, no 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 this is before so up until november of 2016 wow this was two dollars and I'm pretty sure that Brea got the 2016 Commanders got spoiled in late November 2016. Oh, and then it immediately, okay. immediately went up to $7, got oh, all the way up to 9 I forgot the Commander sets used to come out around Christmas. Right, I know. It was a great, was a great place to spend it. But yeah, um, I... So, Nim Death Metal in this deck is still very good, right? So... Mostly because if you even if you can't do the loop, this is a way even if you can pay four. So if you have this and Brea out, then you can still keep going, right? Like sure. that in alone that in and of itself will buy you enough time. But yeah, it is a degenerate combo. I've always thought about taking it out, but again, I just never play this deck, so I don't sure. really know what to do. Well, here's the thing though, you can do it with more than just Brea. You still need your sack outlets for the, sure. the mana, but you can do it with mirror battle sphere, get mm -hmm. infinite mirrors. Like that's a True, different yeah. way to kind of like win the game. Right, so right. you know, it, it's it's not like you're just kind of stuck with that. And of course, you know, you got your sort of the meat combo in here. Here and right. I mean, you, you got you, look for a guy that complains about the combos. You did put all the cards in I, that do I all was, the combos. I was foolish <laughs> and I was playing at a place where people want to play combos, and I was like, fine, I'll do one, I'll do one. And this is the one I landed on, unfortunately. So I'm still, uh, I'm still, you know, in shame and exile from that. 
Fair enough. Well, guys, that wraps up how Brea wins games. Now we're going to head over to the Spice Package, and I got in your head, and I'm 90% sure we picked the same one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So so let's do it. Three, two, one. Trading Post? Trading Post, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's just honestly, the other two were not exciting to talk about at all um, you, so, I, so i need to reevaluate my in your head levels because i always you you up until like the last three months after we i've talked about how much i'm in your head and there's a planeswalker out there you're like a dog to a chew toy you can't help yourself <laughs> you're just too excited yeah, like, but here, here, here's the thing we've talked about dak faden before and personally i actually don't think he does anything for the deck I think he's just a good planeswalker, and yeah. it, you know, if I had my my choice, I would actually cut him from this deck and put him in a different deck. Just me personally. Um, thing, yeah, you know, I, 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 have, I only have one copy of him, so I've always had kind of thing. The thing I do like about him is that he can, um, you can start bending cards into the graveyard to get the trash for treasure and sort of stuff. But, but you've but already talked about how you wish you had more graveyard recursions, so exactly. that doesn't seem the safest bet to go. Uh, but anyways, trading post for colorless. It's an artifact. 40 cents. I'll read its top two. You read its All bottom two. All of the two. abilities, Mr. Combo. All of <laughs> So <them. laughs> many. Uh, and the cool thing is that if you guys have never seen Trading Post, listen to these effects because each one feeds in to the next one. Yes. Colorless tap. Discard a card. You gain four life. Colorless tap. Pay one life. Create a zero one white goat creature token. And then you can pay another colorless tap, sack a creature, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand, and then lastly, one tap, sacrifice an artifact, draw a card. Literally, they all connect, they all loop. And, um, and it, we it's an talks. okay card. I for this I deck. actually I am for a this huge deck. fan of trading. I, yeah, it's 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 definitely falls into the spice package of this deck, right? Where it's yeah. like you could cut this for another artifact or a tutor or something. But honestly, we've talked before about modality. This is like the premier modality yes. card for me, right? Like absolutely. Um, and, and again, like discarding a card may have some downstream impact. Um, the one that sucks the most in this is creating the goat because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> the other, the other what do you thing, mean? You then, then next turn you can sacrifice it and bring an artifact back to your get hand. One, get one back, um, and then you can cast that and then sack it and then draw a card. <laughs> um, the, the, the deck this really shines in is Perforos, um, but yeah. like. I just, I was a sucker for this card. I think it came in it and I was like, it gives you something to do every turn. Um, and yeah, granted, it. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, the thing I like about it the most is that even though it's over costed and slow for this deck, each one of these abilities minus the goat one is relevant, right? Like there are thopters around to get, a, to get something back. There is some graveyard shenanigans where you can start to get stuff back from your graveyard. If you sack a goat or sack a thopter, um, if you're in a Here's pinch, it. if you're in a pinch, you can sack an artifact and draw a card. Granted, like I agree with you that there are better ways to do each one of these things. However, they're yeah. not near as fun as the post. I want to go there. Yeah. I want to talk shop. I want to talk shop with my boys <laughs> at the trading post. So, you know, the one thing I will say that does give it a little bit of life for this deck is the fact that Trading Post is an artifact itself. So right. late game and you're trying to do the math to just end it. And it's like, gosh, I needed one more artifact. It's like, oh, Trading Post. I'll just sack yeah. that to Brea and get that last three damage in. So, yeah, it's there. It's just um, I, once again, like I said, I'm either going to take this deck a little bit more streamlined 
or really janky and bad. And the janky yeah. and bad trading post fits in that deck. So yeah. Um, but this this is definitely like the this is like the definition of a spice card, especially for this deck. Where like yeah. it kind of does stuff every once in a while. It doesn't really help you towards the finish line. It can just kind of sit there. So yeah, um, that is a hundred percent. And it's modal, so you know how I feel about that. Yeah, we do love some modal over here at the tower. Um, all right, guys. Well, that wraps up the spice packs. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping, and these are going to be Big Tucks and I's recommendations to the deck where we're going to cut a card and add one that is either under 5 bucks, an under $50, and then a no-budget personal recommendation. The only restriction is no mana, only lands. Uh, Big Tuck, with this being your deck, why don't you kind of bring us home? What are you going to sure. cut, and what's a card under 5 bucks that you want to add? So I'm actually gonna cut a card, Grave Upheaval. So four colorless, uh, red, black. Uh, it's a sorcery, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, it gains haste, and then you can basic land cycle it. Um, hmm. I just, so I was actually gonna, originally when I first started thought about this, I was actually gonna cut Beacon of Unrest, but then I realized that Beacon of Unrest does exactly what this card does, but better. Because yep. the artifacts in the graveyard is so is so critical. Um, I've had this in here for the basic land cycling, which is yeah. fine-ish. But I, I don't know. Like, I think this card is good. I like this card a lot. It just doesn't. It doesn't really fit this deck a lot, right? Sure. Like, you're really hinging on someone else having a giant creature they're going to steal. Most of the creatures in here, outside of, like we said, the Mirror Battle Ball and a couple other ones. If it was, like, cheaper, then you could be like, okay, this goes into your Brea loop. I, I don't know. Um, but we, uh, I thought I found one that I can't believe I didn't think about this earlier. Um, we're going to go back to the set that we correctly predicted was complete garbage. And we're going go to we're gonna go to Throne of Eldraine. And we're actually going to get Emery, Lurker of the Lock. Put it in so here. I thought I thought about that for, for you. It's just she's so, she can be so degenerate. So I kind of stayed away from that because I thought you, you wouldn't really feel it. I'm a, I more want this just as like a generic. I think this card does what grave upheaval does, or what I want it to do, but better. I wasn't thinking okay. of it from like a complete degen uh, point, but yeah, this card is super degenerate. Now that you talk about it, so um, she is a legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. She costs two colors and a blue. She's a one-two. The spell costs one last to cast for one less to cast for each artifact you control. Um, three is fine. One is great. When it enters the battlefield, bend the top four cards of your library in your graveyard, and then you can tap her. Choose target artifact in your graveyard. May cast this card this turn. So. Grave Upheaval doesn't do anything for half the cards of my deck, right? Sure. And it's instant speed. This one is still, so this or it's sorcery speed. This one's still sort of sorcery speed. However, the fact that you can choose any artifact card in your graveyard, right? Whether that be one of the wellsprings, whether that be one of the bigger things that gets binned, destroyed, return to nature, however you want to call it, um, gives me a little bit more modality to it. I know that there's a lot more things that are broken with this, but just the fact that this card, when it enters the battlefield, unless it gets destroyed, will give me a free card or, or will give me another option to get a card out of my graveyard every single one of my turns. And yeah, I, think, so the only I, I, I think I do want to play, I think if I was going to tune this deck down, I would focus more and make it more like my Doretti deck, where a lot of it's going to be cards entering and leaving the graveyard. So, well, so A, I would say don't do that, because then you're going to get caught in that loop of the decks both feel like they play the exact mm. same way, and then you don't really want to play either. 
Uh, I think or, you know, or, the thing or, that makes or I'll just play it, or I'll just play it to ready because that takes way more fun. <laughs> yeah. So and, and the whole point to EDH is there's so many different ways that sure. you can build a deck. Um, but here's kind of more a warning I will give you about this kind of effect. Emery's ability is basically what Gisa and Garolf do. And oh, your deck is built very similar similarly to where your artifact to non-artifact ratio is very similar to my zombie, zombie to non-zombie non ratio. ratio. This could end up burning you to where you're pinning <laughs> all of your non-artifact stuff. I'm just warning you. <laughs> that's, that a fair, that's, a, that's a that's a fair point, and I know, and I've seen that firsthand. I would say every time you play that deck, <laughs> correct. So, um, but again, cost benefit analysis. Um, I just thought it'd be a fun addition. She costs very little. It'll help turn the curve of the of the deck down a little bit, right? Sure. Uh, in terms of the CMC, so I'd be interested in seeing what she can do. Well, what is yeah, what is your fair. first cut? All right. So the first one I'm going to cut is Trinket Mage. Oh. Okay. So Trinket Mage, two colorless blue creature, human wizard. It's a two-two. When it ETBs, you may search your library for an artifact card with CMC cost one or less. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Here's the thing: what you do technically only do I, do I have two targets? <laughs> well, you have Skull Clamp, you got Soul Ring, and then you got like Seed of Synod, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great Furnace, and I'm sure you have Bolt of Whispers. Black. I got all four of the lands. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. So, you, so yeah, you it's more I see this in your deck and a lot of other decks is I'm going to go get a land and mm -hmm. put it to hand. Um, not good enough, in my opinion. So what I'm going to recommend, and I'm a little torn because I actually have two and it's kind of like a pick your poison. Sure. One gives you the janky win con, which I know you love. <laughs> and the other one just makes a Brea deck way better. So we're okay. going to talk about the one that makes Brea decks way better. We're talking about Storm the Vault. Okay, I got this. This so, is one of my cuts as well. This card's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so two colorless is it. Legendary enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and then at the beginning of your end step, if you control five or more artifacts, transform Storm the Vault. So we're, I want to pause because this is your under 50, I'm guessing, or personal? Uh, this is my personal one. Okay, so we'll hold off going into what it flips into uh, for that, uh, so that way you have something to talk about in the personal. So what we'll do is we'll more focus on the janky wincon. You sure. know it, you love it. We talked about it during Dana's podcast, <laughs> Revel in Riches. Yeah! So, four colorless black enchantment. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifices artifact, add one man of any color to your mana pool. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win the game. Uh, and it's coming out of cool $3.50. So here's what I kind of like yeah. about this. You could do your weird degenerate Brea stuff, but just have a different way to win to where you're yeah. neg forward, neg forward your opponent's creatures, you're getting treasures, and then you win. Um, it, it's different, it's unique. It I gives like you, it, it, it kind of spreads your pips around a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, and you know, it takes a little bit away from the blue, adds a little bit to the black, evening out your color pie, and I've never seen Revel and Riches get drawn in a deck and be like, oh man, I wish I hadn't drawn that. No, no. You're, all, you're, you're always excited to, to draw this card. Agreed. And honestly, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I straight up forgot I drank a mage in there. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever cast it. Um, so oh, no, I, I agree. And like, and, and again, like it's five. It's only five, right? Yeah. And I think like this is also a card. No matter how I build the deck, 
we talked about this. As soon as this card comes down, it's like all eyes on this, right? It's blinders on Rebel and the Riches. Yep. So even if it comes down and they blow their removal on it, you're like, okay, that's fine. I got these other things to back it up. So I'm I'm on board with that, especially now that it's dropped down to like three dollars. Like hell yeah. Well, yeah, and if you think about it, most removal that's going to get rid of an enchantment is a dual removal, get rid of artifact right. or enchantment. What would you rather them use that on? The enchantment, Revel and Riches, that's the one in a million shot you could win this way, right. or your commander, okay, or your yeah, crack clan ironworks, all of those other things. 100% agree, 100% on board. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm 100% all right, in. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, what are you going to do for your under 50 cut and add? So I'll do the Storm Vault one, so um, so we can get back okay. into that card. Um, I'm actually gonna cut Soul of New Phyrexia. Um, oh, wow! I just, okay. I, I that card is just like it's 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 in like every artifact deck, and I just have there's never been a time where that card's done me jack squat. Like I know <laughs> I'm I'm just saying like you know between this and Doretti and whenever I see it played like. It's really strong, but it's just like, I, I don't know, like maybe I just have a bad taste in my mouth with it. I just, this has yeah. always been like too little, too late, or someone, someone plot, you plop it down and then someone just kills it and you're like, okay, great. I can do this one time if I'm going to win. Um, yeah. I just, I just, and it's expensive from a mana perspective. Um, whereas, like you said, Storm of the Vault on its face, in my opinion, is better. When I first thought about Storm of the Vault, I thought it was actually just a um, an enchant creature, but that's another card, right? So the Correct. fact that this this is similar to like um, Thopter Spy Network gives me an incentive and gives me something to do with my Thopters at the same mana cost, right? Well, what does Storm of the Vault transform into that really does kind of and make that's, it way better? That's what's freaking insane about it. So it flips over to Vault of Catlacan. Uh, tap for one man of any color, which is great in and of itself yep. because it's a four color deck. More importantly, tap and it's Tolarian, not Committee College, Economy. Thank you very much. Um, tap. And I believe that know, card is banned in Commander. Uh, I have heard rumors that it is indeed banned. <laughs> um, so tap and get blue for each artifact you control. I mean, this card is so, so good. Um, yep. Either way you cut it, right? Like I will have five artifacts most times when I cast this, or like at least close close to it, right? I may have a couple mana sure. rocks. I cast this turn four, turn five I cast Brea, and then this flips over for next turn. It rants me even if someone does board wipe. Um, I kind of it's kind of the same thing where it's like Gaia's Cradle is rough when you get board wiped and it just sits there. Whereas this no matter will will tap for one. This gives me another yeah. a, another access to ramp. Um, I I don't know how I, I've gone this long and not put this in here. So I think I think Mikhail had this in his deck and it just didn't work every it time we saw wrecked. it. Do yeah. you have this? Do you have now? I I really think we should talk about it next week. So maybe you don't want to answer about this. Do you have this in your permanence only uh, dwarves boys? I don't think so. Just because you yeah. Because a lot of that is like well I don't know. I mean, because most of the, the deck token, those, I'm, tr I'm, I'm the token is an artifact, but then usually it's turning into something, something else, else that's right, a non-artifact. Right. No, no, I think I think it's a great pick. It's like I said, it's cheap. It's a four drop. It gives you something to do with your little attackers to get in. I'm yep. all on board on Storm the Vault. Cool. All right. So we talked about it. I'm going to cut trading post. Okay. It's a cute card. I just, you know, um, it is, I wanted. It is, it is, I wanted 
is the definition of a cute card <laughs> for sure. I really wanted my under five and under 50 to kind of just get the deck more focused. Right. So this is a card that is very expensive. I know you're not going to buy it. Uh, you're going to roll your eyes, but and the 99, it's not broken. It'll actually just kind of do what this deck wants to do. Okay. And it'll give you a little bit of random with it, which I kind of like. We're talking about Urza, Lord High Artificer. So, two colorless, blue-blue, legendary creature, human artificer. It's a 1-4. Also, I'd like to point out that these cards I'm adding are not artifacts, so it's not like you're just feeding into some weird infinite Brea uh -huh, uh -huh, even uh -huh. more. Uh, we're, we're, you know, once again, kind of trying to do a little bit of both, but here's a cool thing. When he ETBs, create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. We've talked about how many artifacts yeah. you're going to have. That's amazing. Here's what also makes it great. Tap and untap <laughs> artifact you control, add a blue. Uh, we talked about basically Tolerian Academy on that right. land. Well, now you kind of get that. You just have to tap your artifacts for it. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and then a potential game winner. It's late game. You got a whole lot of mana. Let's spin the wheel. Pay five. Shuffle your library. <laughs> exile the top card until end of turn. You may play that card without paying its mana cost. To me, being in the 99 and you not having a... I mean, you do have a infinite mana outlet with Brea and the other combo. Right. But if you have that, you're just going to do the Brea thing and win. Agreed. So I, the way I look at Urza is it could just be a, once again, Brea's too expensive. I can't mm -hmm. do her. You know what? I got 20 mana because I got, you know, the things I can do. Let's spin the wheel four times and just yeah. see what I get. Um, I think it'll give you some random to the deck. And worst case, you do love big beaters. He does make a big beater when he ETBs. I, you know, I, you're right where I normally hate this. I actually kind of like this a lot. Uh, I think, it, I think it's gotcha. actually pretty sweet. Um, I would not, I would not cut trading post for it because that card's too cute. But I think there's other cards in here that I could cut, and I agree where it's like this is a second copy of a ramp spell. Um, it protects itself. I mean, it's effectively a planeswalker, right? With like yep. it, it comes into the battlefield and protects itself and it has two good abilities. Um, I like. I actually like that a lot. I, and it makes me very. It makes me very upset to say that. And I don't. I don't like it. I don't like that I've turned into a person who would say yes. I can't wait to put Urza into a deck. But it just. It really works. I. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Even in like, even if we wanted to, I think this is a great. I think this card would also be a good addition if we wanted to be like, okay, I'm sick of this infinite combo. I'm gonna cut sort of the meek. Or I'm gonna oh, cut Factor gotcha. Foundry and I'm gonna put this in, right? Where like you still have the synergy, you still have the opportunity to potentially go crazy sure. through your deck, but it's just way harder See, to get out. Yeah, I was trying to keep your CMC not going up, and that's sure. why I did the trading post. Yeah. Because this does the modality like trading post mm -hmm. does in, in my eyes. But you know what? If you wanted to say, hey, I'll cut the grave upheaval for Urza, yeah. I wouldn't fight you for that. Um, and you can also look at it this way. As much as you love the card, I know you're not going to pay 40 bucks for it. So basically, until it gets banned from modern, <laughs> you're probably not going to have it in your Brea deck. But as soon as it does, you know that there's tons of people in our play group that would probably sell yeah, those off theirs it. on the cheap <laughs> yeah exactly pennies on the dollars I'm, I'm on board that's a that's a great cut cool well all right man we're on the personal recommendation you got no budget what are you going to potentially recommend to the deck which i always feel like with you you never break the bank on no. when it's your deck 
Uh, yeah, no, I, this is really boring. Um, the big cut for me that was exciting was Storm of the Vault and Emery. Those ones had a little bit more. This one was just more okay. of like a meat and potatoes cut. So, um, I, and also I know that you're going to jump up and down and rejoice that I'm, that I'm doing this. I'm cutting Crux of Fate. <laughs> Thank God. Trash card. It is just a card that I had in here. Um... It's not good in this deck. <laughs> every, like every other board wipe that the... See, here's the thing. Is you running four colors, not green? Right. There's so many other board wipes you could do than Crux of Fate. Yes, I agree. But I still wanted to keep it cute. So I'm actually going to cut that and put in Fumigate. So Fumigate's three colorless, white, white. Destroy all creatures. You gain one life loss. One life for each creature destroyed this way. So, um, the, like I said... At least said, you get the, something out of it. And, and really, I don't really have any way to gain life in this deck, right? Like, I have no way to do it that I'm aware of. Your commander does well, it. Well, okay, if you're, if you're doing, like, infinite or whatever, right? But, like, again, if people people come down on this deck and they come down hard. Hard and early. Sure. Right? And if I can't get my... If I have to use my... If I have to use my Thopters just to block to live... I need some way to to get back. Um, this deck also, um, I don't run a propaganda. I don't run a uh, ghostly prison or anything like that. So people often, when I've played, are incentivized, are incentivized to attack me with droves of creatures. And I still don't really have sure. something to do with it, right? Like, I can't generate Thopters fast enough to keep up with it. And the fact that this is a five-mana board wipe that does give me that, was, that life back might be enough to be able to be like, okay, I know I'm going to die next turn. I'm going to sack all my artifacts out, um, do this thing. Next turn, do Scrap Mastery or something along those lines and get back on the board. But this deck just cannot handle Swarm, right? It, 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 sure. just, it just can't. And Crux of Fate, this is just a better version of Crux of Fate. If someone's coming in with like a Reese, if you will, I might gain 20 or 30 life, which is exactly going to be the buffer that I need to be able to draw, to be able to set up my board and go from there. So like I said, very boring pick. I cannot remember why I have Crux of Fate in here. More importantly, I can't remember why I've had it in here for so long, um, but it's got to go. <laughs> and I think Fumigate, in terms of all the other board wipes out there, and I looked, Merciless, execute, Merciless Eviction's kind of there, but the artifact modality is effectively a blank in this one. And... <laughs> Don't so here's anything. the thing. Look, um, you, you picked bad. You picked a bad one. I'm gonna just give you two off the top of my head that are significantly better. Sure. Uh, one of them's even lower mana, and they're both cheap. Like cheap, cheap. Okay. Did you look at? Did you look at time wipe? Two colorless, uh, white, white, blue sorcery. Re return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all creatures. Uh, I like that. I don't like the. I don't like the three colors. Which generally okay. I will have available, or the two colors rather, right? So trying to keep it in double pips instead of three, I hear where you're at, and it would be sweet to bounce. Uh, I would be down for bouncing Brea back to my hand just to cast it the next turn. So exactly. I'm, 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 op I'm, op I'm open to it. What's the next one? It, the next one, it's technically three different colored pips, but it is only a four CMC spell. Okay. But hear me out. It's one of the new ones that's very confusing to read. Uh, we're talking about Mythos of Snapdax. Sorcery. Oh, Each player yeah, chooses yeah. an artifact, creature, enchantment, planeswalker from among the non-land permanents they control, then sack the rest. But if black and red was spent to cast the spell, you choose the permanents for that player instead. Uh, that seems I, real good, and it's one mana less. I don't like that, though, because then I have to bin, even I have to bin artifacts. So it's like a cataclysm where you still have to choose one. Yeah. 
So right, I like I if of those two time wipe I would like more, and that's more of an option, especially if I finally dig up another chromatic lantern out of it. Um, but one of the like I if it's fumigate, if it's it's it really depends. It's like if I really think that. Um, my life total is going to be low enough where I need the fumigate to live or if okay. it's like, or if I can, or to your point, if I can stabilize and be like, okay, next turn I can cast Brea and then I'm back off to the races. Honestly, I would, I would like to have both of them. If I can be honest, like I'd really like <laughs> sure. to have the fairies and the other one. So it's just a matter of figuring it out. All right. So I've, I've been typing it up before yes, I'm, and I'm, during. I'm very excited. Um, you, you have talked about many times how you don't like how this deck is just so mm-hmm. combo-y and so many infinite ways and things like that. So the recommendation I'm going to do, granted, it's just recently been buffed, so it's not going to be as good as it used to be, but it gives you a deck restriction that still helps the deck. Okay. So I'm going to recommend you add a companion to the deck, Zerda the Dawn Waker. Colorless Boros Boros, Elemental Fox. Uh, abilities you activate that aren't mana abilities cost two less to activate. This effect can't reduce the mana that it costs to less than one. And you can pay one, tap it, target creature can't block this turn. Irrelevant, it's a 3-3. But here's its <laughs> restriction. Each permanent card in your starting deck has an activated ability. So I already counted. On. Before we go any further... I just want to clarify, you, the person who, sh- who has talked poorly on companions ever since they've been released, yes. you want me to run this as a companion or in the 99? Yes. Companion. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> it, it, and the whole reason is because of its companion effect. Uh-huh. You would have to cut 19 cards from the deck to meet the companion effect. Wow. But when you look at it, it's cards, they're good cards, but it's going to streamline you. We're talking about a Baleful Strix, mm-hmm. uh, Chief Engineer, um, Ethereum Sculptor, Right, We're right, looking right. at uh, but, but, but Hellkite Tyrant, uh-huh. Marionette Master, uh, Master of Ethereum. You're looking at a whole bunch of cards, Thopter Spy Network, to where like these are good cards. They aren't making or breaking the deck, but mm-hmm. they do make the deck run a lot better. But I think if you cut out those 19, make that your companion, then you can still do your Emery. You can still do yeah, your Urza. Yeah. Um, you can still have your trading post in there. All your Planeswalkers are fine. Um, and it's going to... You say it's very hard to make Brea not broken. This puts a handcuff on Brea to where maybe it's not both hands behind her back. It's both hands in front. And yes, this technically makes Bray's ability cost one less, which is why I'm <laughs> saying do it. You know, it hurts you. But I mean, hey, being able to only pay one mana and sacrifice right. two, that could be really good. Uh, Spine of Ishaw is gone. I, I think this will yeah. just make this deck more invigorating for you to actually want to play True. instead of a uh, shit. It's, yeah, it's up in the rotation, right, I, guess, I guess. I guess I'm doing this one. <laughs> and now Companion's even worse. Now that you have to pay three colorless to even get it in hand and right. then pay its colorless Boros Boros to get it out. I kind of like, I, I like that idea though. Like, um, I think you could also... And it, and if you didn't want to do the restriction, you could just put it in the 99 and cut Ovulation. Yeah, sure. Well, I no, so. I, I like the restriction because you can cut down on... The problem is... A lot of your mana reducers. Yeah, the problem is... I, the thing I don't like about that is that still incentivizes me to keep, like, the altars in there, right? So... Yeah. But I, but, th- but but I, think, to your, I think to your point, if I'm like, okay, 
what I what this deck really wants to do is activated abilities, not go infinite, right? And then to your point, you could and to your point, you could then even cut those out and put in other cards that are more fun to play. But see, here's the thing, though. I, I think you're. I think doing that makes the deck unplayable, honestly, in my opinion. Because even just doing the companion restriction, you're going to lose Padim. You're losing Noxious yeah. Gear Hulk. You're losing. You're going to lose Mere Battle Sphere. Uh, you're going to lose a lot of stuff. Sphinx Summoner, uh, you know, uh, as a card, you're going to lose. Uh, Michaelsynth Wellspring, uh, Ikor Wellspring. You're going to lose enough stuff doing this restriction. Heck, you know what else you're losing? Darksteel Forge. Gone. Uh, yeah, so, that's a good point. I think you're going to lose enough stuff to where, like, yes, technically the infinite combos are still here, but how you actually get to those, it is miles and piles harder mm. because you don't have all the mana ramp and all the searching right. and all that stuff that you used to have. So I'm hey, okay. Uh, I'm, 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 on board. I'm on board. I'm on board with that. I think. I think it's. I think uh, it's interesting. Unwinding Clock is another one that you lose, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's a great one for Brea. Yeah, so, very good. Um, you know what? If, if you just want to put it in, I think it's good in the 99s. You have enough activated ability stuff to right. where the, the two reduction or one reduction is very important. But if you want to make it to where you're actually excited to play Brea, and I don't think you were planning on building any companions, this would at least be a companion oh. that would probably make Brea like, oh, shit, I finally get to play Brea right, yeah. uh, and Zerda. Ooh, it's kind of like Zerda is Brea's pet fox. Oh, I uh, like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. No, I think it's I think it's interesting. Like, I'm looking. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down to try. I'd be down to try because I have no idea what to do with companions and the fact that I already don't like this deck. Just being like, okay, I can cut out all this shit, put in something different, and at least have a deck that I think I, is moderately fun. I'm on board. Yeah. It and you know the interesting thing is you probably have, because you and I have both large collections, you probably have piles of cards that you put in that have activated abilities sure. to where the only card in theory you would have to acquire is Zerda. Mm -hmm. And I know our playgroup, you'd be like, hey, if you're, if you're going to actually swap out 20% of your deck, basically, to try out this companion, we'll let you proxy it. No big oh, deal. Well, Give it a shot. And it's also 64 cents. So I think I, I think I could bust out the old... I think I, I, think I can call my... The I can I can call my hedge fund manager and move some money around and be able to pick this one up. <laughs> well, you know who else we should call about our hedge fund is uh, Level One Game Shop because thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here are some details about that giveaway. We're giving away that awesome Chandra spellbook, and to enter, it's extremely simple. Just help promote all the content that you're watching and listening to. Uh, you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, and we will announce that winner on MTG Action 4 News July 7th and social media soon after. And yes, You've been thinking it. You'll never stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, we're doing giveaways every single month. Uh, could be a sweet little uh, compilation of cards like this. Uh, it could be a used bologna sandwich. It really depends <laughs> on what our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop, provides. There's still, bite, there's still uh, bites left in it. It's still good. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I did double dip with it. What does that mean? You'll have to figure it out. Uh, but I would love that positive feedback on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, you know, a back alley, you know, old 1980s TV, whatever. Just take a permanent marker, scribble Squeeze in five stars. Emporium. <laughs> the podcast. Or, or uh, as Dana Roach would say, we're better podcasts are found, oh, which no, is finer, not us. Finer. 
Oh, finer podcast. There we go. Um, and you know what? If you want to know more ways you can reach out to us and find other ways that you can also enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comma number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Uh, Big Tuck, where can people find you and your love, Brea? Um, well, like I said, I'm still an idiot, as it turns out, and I'm still on Twitter. You can find me at Big Tuck tweeting uh, on the Twitterverse. Cool. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, you can also go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, all you got to type, uh, all you have to do is type in uh, Crumbling Necropolis, Master of Ethereum, Darksteel Forge, Tower.com. Nice. nice. I know. You're really getting, uh, you're you really getting, you're awesome. really getting this down. Well, yeah, well, now I'm no longer just winging it off the cuff. I actually pull up the deck list and look at it. It's called preparation. I do it 1% of the time, every time. <laughs> if you want to game at your awesome audio production team for your own future projects, how would they do that, Squee? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me on Twitter at Dear Squee. Uh, definitely can still email me. I did not get an email last week. I'm a little depressed about that. I asked for one. Nobody said it. Anyways, uh, it's DeerSquee at cmdtower.com. With that, I'm out. He does podcasts. He does music. Uh, our patrons have used them. Basically, just reach out to him uh, through the series of tubes called the interwebs. And he can hook you up. But if you are local in the Kansas City area or making any travel plans this summer, uh, you can book a recording studio in his uh, studio. Redundancy. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we like in Magic, though. Uh, we talked about it. Redundancy. It's so yeah. important. Uh, if you want to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, just head over to level1gameshop.com. And when you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. Uh, outside of their own storefront, they do have a very cool TCG store with over 99% uh, inventory and accuracy rating and very competitive prices. And they also are the exclusive carriers currently of that CMD Tower playmat and sleeves, as well as everything else you would need from a board game perspective. Uh, another way you can support your your team is to head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from as simple as Discord access to even getting that cool guest spot on the podcast with your own sweet, sweet brew. Uh, I think right now we're about 50% to our stretch goal of 50 patrons oh, uh, to start doing a weekly Q&A series. Uh, I know we talked about doing that back in the fall. Literally didn't happen because we're a bunch of lazy SOBs. Uh, <laughs> so uh, 25 more people go support us for only a dollar and we'll actually get on it. Uh, as well as every uh, tier does give you additional entries into that monthly giveaway. And of course, thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode. So big tuck as we wrap up this episode where I can finally go watch some more Entourage and fall asleep on the couch. Brea, the queen of artifacts. Do you feel like with what we've talked about, does this make you a little bit more excited to play her? Or is this still, as soon as that there's another Sands Green deck, you're setting this on fire and building that? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad we got done with this color combination. Moreover, um, that's been like the really exciting thing. Like I said, it's kind of been like a monkey on our back, so to speak. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Like it's, it's frustrating with this deck because I look through and there's like all these cool cards that are like really interesting and like super interactive. Right. But like they're just in this deck that I just hate to play because it causes me to like think too much. So, um, I like the idea. I think the companion's a great idea. Um, I think that's really going to help smooth it out a little bit. Um, if I can find an Urza, that would be nice. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think mostly though, it's just being like, okay, 
from my play style and the way I like to play, because I, I know how I like to play. Everyone, most people that play with me know how I like to play, right? Like, what can I do where I can? Do you like to be lying? You like to be thieving? Yeah, you like exactly. to pretend like deceive, you're not a combo player? Deceive, deceive people, yeah. um, deceive the Patreons, deceive the listeners, um, deceive my parents, everything there. Um, so like, it's really just being like, okay, like how can we? How can I change this deck? Like, what cuts can I make to where it's not just like. Here we are again with Brea. Like, I can't wait to get my astronauts combo going. So I, I really like the idea of the companion. I think that's gonna make it, I think that's gonna really make me think it through a little bit better, um, tune it down a little bit, and just kind of make something that's a little more casual. Yeah, you know, I agree. I I hate seeing Brea decks, uh, but unless I'm proven wrong, I feel like doing the companion as the companion really powers down Brea. I really, I don't think you can keep her at the same power level or make her stronger with yeah, the companion right. restriction. Now I think the companion in the 99 just makes her more powerful overall. Uh, but I think if I sat down and someone's like, hey, I'm playing Brea, and I was just like, I'm going to cut his throat. Uh, and they <laughs> said, oh, well, I, I have um, Zerda as my companion, been like, oh, well, all right. That I'll see this out. So yeah, exactly. And I think like I think that's an interesting thing too, where it's like when I sit down with my Zer deck, or um, what's like the other example we've talked about before, where I'm like, no, it's Zer. I mean, Brutaclad, all permanents. Yeah, right. Like where or like where you sit down with a commander, where people are like, oh, here we go again, and be like, oh ho oh, oh, ho, that's one card flipped over, but here's the other one. Um, I think people <laughs> will be like, okay, I'll see this out. So yeah, like I said, um, it needs a little work, to, like. The, the, the bigger problem is it's like it's functional and good as is. So like having to be like, okay, I'm gonna tune it down is hard because usually you wanna be like, okay, how can I make this deck smooth out a little bit? But I think with our I think with our combined wit and our combined effort, we can we can make this deck playable again. Make Brea playable yep, again. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think the biggest thing is if you do go that companion route, all a lot of the cards that you would have to cut, you will find home for mm -hmm. in other decks. Like I guarantee there's a deck you could probably slot a Darksteel Forge into. I mean, sure. we talked about how Hellkite Tyrant goes in a myriad of decks. Guarantee you could probably use him if you have him in your Duretti deck, probably throw him in your Ur-Dragon deck. Yeah, right. There you go. Um, so yeah, d definitely a way to maybe make Brea fun again. Well, that's gonna wrap it up. See you, Malila. Adios. Uh,